We're trying here. Race Brain Podcast. Got the homies. Right. Shocker. Jack Bauer. Kurt Twin. We're all here today. Kurt, uh, Kurt was here the whole time. Jack was there for like, I don't know. He just came in late to the show. Whatever. We don't ask questions to Jack. He shows up when he wants to show up. But we talk a lot of, about a lot of different topics here. We focus a lot on High Rocks. It's just High Rocks season. So the second hour is really focused on the race that happened in the European Championships in Maastricht. So we talk about that men's and women's race. So if you just want to hear that recap, you can skip forward. The first hour, we talk a lot about footwear for High Rocks. We spend a good amount on that. You get Bracken going on footwear. We're going to talk about it. We talk about what we're going to be doing with our Patreon. We have a brand new idea and about how we want to give back to the community using uh, the, the funds that our fine folks who support our Patreon kindly give to us so uh, make sure you take a listen to that and then we just do a dive on my status because the last episode was very focused on my status on high rocks and what that is going to look like uh, <laughs> for uh, this first half of this high rock season so hope you are enjoying this if you do enjoy this hit us with a review on apple itunes share this with your friends if you have any other friends who are in the high rocks who are into this uh, hybrid space send it out to them see if they enjoy the listen so let's just get right into this thing. Bracken, Jack, Kirk, myself, Race Brain Podcast. All right, we're like deep in a footwear conversation. If there, there's like two conversations that we'll have, you know, one is footwear, one is like when Bracken's involved, one's definitely going to be footwear. The other one is going to be like what we started with last episode. One or two of those, one of those two topics will definitely be covered. Is it either trash talk or shoes? Uh, a dick talk. Oh, uh, people responded well to that, by the way, concerningly well. Did they? Did you get messages about that? I got a lot of messages about the dong talk. <laughs> I yeah. got none. Uh-huh. <laughs> they don't want to go there with you, Brad. Just like, <laughs> no. let's, just, let's just leave this. We're, we're this, not ready. This shoe conversation started because Bracken accidentally bumped uh, one of his shoes off the wall. And Bracken cannot progress with any conversation until the shoe wall is perfect. Semi-false. The shoe nope. was off the wall because I used it on the treadmill this week. The, the Kennedy? You did no, not. No, no, no. I replaced with the Kennedy. Kennedy. I replaced it. I've got a, a, bevy, <laughs> a bevy of shoes down here to replace you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you name a sport running related, and I've got a shoe for that exact purpose. Test me. I've never heard of somebody using a spike on the treadmill, but that's an interesting concept. Bracken and I have a conversation about our belts wearing out on our Nordic tracks. Like they're just slippery, (laughs) but I bet if you put some steel spikes on and ran on the treadmill, that would create some good traction with those hole punches. They make some with, you can, now I don't know if it's tough treads or who there's another brand out there I'm blanking on them, but you can customize your belt. You can get track, you can get turf. You can even get one that has rocks put into there. Like standard, almost like a rock climbing rock so that you have to run like you're on a trail. You can customize your tread on some of these high ends. We're accidentally live again. Sometimes that happens. Today is one of those days. <laughs> I would but, get uh, a turf tread. <clears throat> Maybe the issue with the slippage on the treadmill is that you're using spikes on the treadmill. And that could be a problem for the other shoes that mm. you then use on them. I hadn't thought of that. Potentially. What would be funny about that is there is a, I don't know if you ever looked under the belt on a treadmill, but there's a very dense wood uh, board underneath that you, you land on. And I imagine a spike would go through the belt into the board (laughs) and then somehow just face plant you forward or some sort of mess would be like running on the boards back in the day and those indoor bank tracks, maybe in the Coliseum. Uh huh. 
Well, all I know is that we both are talking about getting our belts replaced. And if we're going to do that, let's set up like an Instagram live. Have you put on your Kennedys and get on that baby and let's just see what happens. Let's just go. Crash pad behind you. What? Let's put in a half inch. Just go all in cross country style. I am all in on breaking my treadmill. (laughs) appropriately only through wear and tear through proper use because i have two and a half years left of extended warranty on this thing and i need a new treadmill so i am just using it correctly i'm not voiding any warranty by putting in half inch spikes and running on that thing sorry can't be culpable 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 is good that works working on my vocab using some uh sat do you guys were you guys sat or act ACT. ACT. Yeah. I don't even know how to score that. So you don't have to tell me your scores because I won't understand. But <clears throat> the shoes I've been wearing for High Rocks is kind of where we were going. Yeah, um, I asked. It, I still have I have a pair, a fresh pair of RC Elite Ones, mm. which are stacked a little bit lower, have like kind of like teeth on the bottom, like almost like a turf shoe. <clears throat> Why don't we just talk about them? Oh, let's pull it up. Let's show it. Let's show it. They have a actually healthy chunk, a slab of, of foam underneath. But they feel very low to ground because the plate doesn't have much curvature to it. So it doesn't feel as cushioned as they are. And it's tread though. Oh, you can see I I took them on a trail to test them. You sure did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, They are 33 millimeters where usually super shoes are going to be stats like 39. So they're Mm -hmm. even lower than most. So they feel okay. You're not going to get great traction on polished concrete with those. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's the ultimate option for high rocks it's not good. unpolished not unpolished that new york venue where uh, not new york chicago venue where they're going to have the north american championships that will be uh, a good venue for that for those but most the of the ultimate sled push shoe definitely but what they are made for is that deca you ran on turf Yes. That's what they're made for. The New Jersey, Denver was also on turf. There are they are like it. It felt great on that turf. Hmm. It really did. The Brooks Hyperion Tempo, I think it right now is the best overall high rock shoe. It's just a safe bet. It has their their super foam in it DNA plus bracket. Might, I th- I think it's is that what they call it? That may have been Flash their, DNA. Something like that. They love that DNA. They love yeah. the DNA name. They're going to stick to it. I could give you the whole. I'm going to say DNA flash. DNA flash. Let's look okay. that up. Let's look it up. Um, so the, it has that midsole. So it's like their nitrogen. I think it's a nitrogen infused midsole as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and the grip on the bottom is favorable. It's not raised as high as something like off the ground as like the RC mm-hmm. elites, but there's like little grooves built into the bottom of the rubber or on these Adidas. They're like they don't have these like little flex grooves built into the rubber, so it's more it's more slick, and you know it probably will spawn well to the road. But the the so good on the road, yes, great on the road. And the Hyperion Tempo, they're not going to blow you away on the road, but like in a high rocks, it gives you what you need. They're not stacked that high, and it grabs that carpet. It's and it fits well. They're light. They're about as good as a shoe, I think that, that that's available. Brecken, what uh, <clears throat> you were doing the live broadcast. I know, Rich, you were protesting, uh, watching any sort of high rocks content this weekend. So no, I was I was on there. I just I just ripped off uh, Bracken's coverage. We got to talk about this at the end of the episodes of Bracken. We in for a watch long. Said I'm in. I said let's do it. And then 
OCR report comes comes asking. Whoa, well, you're already you're already <laughs> twisting the facts. No, not how I see. Kirk it. said I can't do it. Jack said I can't do it. I said I'm in, and you said, yeah, I might be busy. We'll see. <laughs> you invited me to something, and I even commented on it that you weren't in on yet. I wasn't out. All I right, did, continue. I, continue I, from there. And I get a message from Magita. It's like, hey, are you available to, to do some commentating? I was like, yeah, we were planning on doing some sort of watch along, whatever. And then I get, I, I'm like trying to see what's going on. And then all of a sudden, Ryan Kent is in my spot for that. Oof. And I and I'm just like completely out. And Kent, he reached out to me for a watch along. He's like, hey, can we do a watch along? I said, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Might be painting, but I'm in. Like, let's do it. And uh, so all of a sudden, my two homies who I thought were going to be there, I thought it was going to be me, Dylan, Bracken, Kent, going to be a real nice time. All of a sudden, it was just me and Dylan. Brought on MBD. He came through. Brought on Greg. I think Greg's last name is Williams from Rock's Life. We were good. Wow. But so there were two live, there, really there were two watch alongs. There was more official. They were probably all buttoned mm. up. Haven't watched it. Don't want to hear them. Wasn't don't a hear watch any of this. along. We were the official stream. That's what I said. We were a watch along. Ours was kind of like. That's why I was confused. I didn't even know we had a watch along that was officially booked. Well, I mean, I was unavailable anyways. I was celebrating late Christmas at home. But um, wow. Content every direction. Yes. So, but Bracken was like, nah, I'm good on the race brain feed. Listen, Can we fit? I, they said, oh. What are you thinking for a booth? Kirk was already out. And I said, Rich Ryan, Jack Bauer, Ryan Kent has already said he wants to do it. And Callie was going to be a part of that. Four names were submitted. They immediately just lopped you off. <laughs> and Callie got the axe next. I'm used to it. This is just my life now. Like, Every I'm, time I'm, I'm, I put you in, I put you in, in the in It the was pot. political, I think. It was definitely political. Seems like it. Mm-hmm. Will's like, is that that, that douche who uh, who stood us up in Blue Mountain? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I actually did talk to Will that day. He's sour because the Padres got whooped by the Phillies. So I think that's yeah. his main thing that he's, probably it. that he's worried about. But it, so I, did, I did have a conversation with him. So I think he was saving face. So I wouldn't be super mad. I'm a little mad, but I'm not super mad. Callie really loses out here. Did you bring her on the watch along? I did not. She's the only one that totally lost out. And I put that on you. That's on me. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you were like, oh, I'll take anyone. Matt P. Davis. <laughs> Some other guy. Some Brit. Not Callie. Right. Hey, let's move Callie's on. on next one. Because I want to finish that shoe conversation for selfish reasons. Hmm. I'm not saying anything. I'm just asking. Inquiring minds and ask for a friend. So this one a lot right now. So which if you're gonna pick your top three right now off the shelf, pick your entry point hybrid shoe, like the safest bet, let's call it for anybody. We were talking about the Endorphin Pro, which is a shoe I like on the roads, but I haven't tested grip. What are your what are your three? What's like your entry shoe, like safe bet, probably gonna work for everybody? And then what give us two more each year. And uh, I want to know what good. you saw on people's feet at at uh, Euros. Let's do each. Let's start with entry point. You go, then I'll go. I think it's Hyperion Tempo. It's not really entry point because it's a little pricier, but they've dropped a little bit. I mean, safest bet. Like, I, I, I think safest, like, yeah. you're going to get one shoe and you're going to risk it all and you're going to save your money and buy one shoe. What's going to mostly likely work for most people? That's what I want to know. I think that or like a Pegasus, honestly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, Which Pegasus? Maybe the new Pegasus, uh, what's it called? Nature Turbo. It's lighter, mm-hmm. a little bouncier, and it has that decent tread on the bottom. 
Has it got that funny heel on it? Uh, probably. So that's not, not good for like not, not as not as funky. Not no. as funky. The um, I would say yeah. Entry point. Any like standard trainer that's like has a fresh rubber on the bottom. Like you that, can knee fine yeah. in anything that's like a, a regular trainer. Just the, Asics gel. Uh, the DS trainer usually had some decent little bottom to it. A- anything like that's light DS and neutral. That's a, that's a throwback. That was like one of the original one. Like mm-hmm. I wore that in 2001 racers. and two in college for track workouts. I when they were sticking stability in every single shoe. Yes. That was like a light stability shoe. So you're mm-hmm. like, great. I overpronate just like everybody else but really not necessary. I tempoed in that shoe. I ran my first trail race in that shoe. (laughs) So you're telling me Pegasus line makes a quality lightweight tempo type shoe that has decent grip on it for the masses. If you're used to running an alpha fly and doing stuff, I was going to say, there's something that can cut it. will not feel like a tempo shoe. Right. Got it. Okay. That would be my concern with it. Does anybody, is there any place for a, a mildly treaded trail shoe? Like one that, like, for example, like my Hoka's and alls, that's a fast shoe to me. And it's got a little bit of bite to it, for example. And it locks my heel really nice. Is that really the right tool for the job? No, but I think it could work. Someone, nobody's, nobody's pulling those sort of stunts. Here, I tried in Chicago in 2019, I wore the Evo Speedgoat because they were cushioned. I had a torn meniscus. I wanted the most cushion I could get. And they've got, lugs on them and yep. i have never slipped as much in a race as with those shoes because those have like a the rubber doesn't grab anything. no it's not a grabby rubber it's made for like gripping dry dirt and rocks and stuff which it's okay at but you get it on something like the carpet or the polished concrete and it was actually slippery i had the worst sled push in my uh, life on that hmm. thing it was not good i think a lot of trail rubber is actually made for trail conditions and aren't as grippy indoor as you would expect. Yeah. And they'll be raised like the lugs. Like you're, you're, I know you're saying like a moderate lug, but mm. when it's less surface area, yeah. uh, it's going to, yeah. it's not going to grab as much because they're raised up some. So yeah. yeah. Hyperion tempo, uh, Pegasus nature turbo, something like that, I think is your, your best choice. You could even go with like a, a Nova blast or something I think like so. that from ASICs. I've been interested in some of those Asics. Uh, I haven't tried any of their newer shoes. Those don't have a their super foam in it. They have Nova Blast. a version. They have a turbo something in it. Okay. They love turbo, just like just like DNA is loved by Brooks. DNA Flash. I looked it up. That's what we'll call it. I think you're right on that. So you don't like the Pro though, the Endorphin Pro. I do. I got a good vibe from that shoe when I've been wearing it. Like I think I, that's what I would put on my foot if I stepped in tomorrow. I wore it for doubles with Kelly and on the female sled weight. It was just fine, but I put the RC Elite on and the Endorphin Pro on and did warm-ups in it in Chicago, and this was slipping on the pavement and just locked in on the sled, and compared to this one, the Endorphin Pro felt slippery on the sled on the men's weight, but felt acceptable on the women's weight. So for men's weight, I don't know if I could do those. I could believe that. And I've seen people wear them. And if you're strong enough, I guess I'm, I'm sure it would be fine. But I, I got some slippage even in the warm-up area when mm-hmm. I was wearing it, pushing around the mm-hmm. p- pulling in, in particular, wasn't doing it for me with those. Cause the ones that were rocked a little bit. <clears throat> so this is an option here. This is the meta speed sky. And if you take a look at their bottoms, no. they have slight ridges, but they have those holes opening in there. And those have the ability to grasp a little bit, but I haven't taken them on a high rocks carpet yet. 
I've seen those in a couple places. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how that will grab either. Very stable. Uh, this feels like a, to me, it feels like a watered down alpha fly kind of feels like a stable version of the adios pro, hmm. which I think is a watered down alpha fly watered down, meaning not so crazy bouncy, but it's bouncier than it is tippier. Hmm. If that makes sense. I like that. Like, Have we seen any vapors in the, in the, in the race? Yeah. Is anybody good worn the vapors and done well with them? Uh, Tiago wore them when he took third. I think Martin World. wears them. Martin Michelli is. I think they got to be real slick on the sleds. Like yeah, real I've, slick. I've pushed them and it's not terrible. Uh, I've never pushed it on that. Cole is when it's bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you just get worn. over your toes and you push down into it. And that's right where their tip is. Yes. <clears throat> and you kind of want to tip out over the shoe in that. Yeah. Mm. You'd have to maybe like turn sideways or something to try to push it. Uh, yeah. But then and there's no lateral stability in those no. at all that's the problem with these super shoes right like they they stack the foam under so so high that they're bad around turns and that they since it's the foam is stacked so high they try to save weight in different places like so they, they strip down the upper they take away rubber from the bottom so it's they're slick and they're stacked and unstable so we haven't found anything that works we hold out hope we nike hope. zoom waffle cross country it is <laughs> i do like the takumi sen eight a lot in the nines out now when the tread is relatively fresh i think it's as good as anything else you're going to find out there without being special yeah same thing like when i when it doesn't have those extra grooves in it It has one side has a bit and the other side doesn't and those are even though like this one side is like kind of diagonal i think they're lateral like uh lines Mm -hmm. yeah they're they're just yes it's like a design just diagonal. If they put little grooves in those diagonal lines or whatever, I think they'd be better, but they didn't. Well, and that's the kind of thing, like just with one little Dremel tool, you can put little grooves in there. Mm, custom. This is where it's going, I think, Bracken. This this is where you're going. Well, this is what I did with the Endorphin Pros. I actually don't have the pros up with this with the spikes in them. Uh no, they was the that Endorphin... you knew who did that. No, I I, I didn't put spikes. There was, th- I thought, wasn't it? Was it Rob that put like little studs? I in did them? that for him. I'm gonna show you what I did here. Dude, he's so, a modern. You're a modern day like Bowerman with the waffle iron. I'm a running MacGyver. <laughs> so, so this is what I did. I took the back off of Waffle XCs, Kirk. <laughs> uh-huh. See how I removed these off of there? Mm-hmm. And if you look up close, this is what the the lugs look like. They're small, but they're they're pretty nifty. Uh, but they were smaller on the back, and. I removed on the pro, there's like a, an arch, just a thin line of rubber that goes up around it in like a, a rainbow. And I just took that little thin strip out and put one strip, thin strip of teeth around it. And it only stuck out about two millimeters more than the rest of the shoe, maybe a mil and a half. So you didn't feel it running, but on the carpet, it gave you extra teeth. And he, he wore that for worlds and for his qualifier and one. And one, and, and one, what, but it's it's it was in a groove, so I used that that E six thousand, and it not it didn't peel out at all. So it was a minimal, like it didn't change the shoe at all, but it added just the carpet grip that you'd want. This is this is your this is your call. This is this is kind of how uh, I think Ultra started this way. It was yeah. like the uh, shoe uh, a special run specialty store owners just cutting and opening footwear to like make it a specific way 
you're going to do this for high rocks. You're going to sink all your money into it. And then you're not going to, and then it's not going to sell at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it works like ultra. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah I think that, the Adidas be... with the little, if you just dremel down a little bit of those grooves and from, from diagonal slices to every like four millimeters or five millimeters, there was a two millimeter gap and that, that would give it teeth on the carpet. So what, what are the shoes? If we're going to clean this up for the listeners here. So now we just muddied the waters. We by muddied, talking. That's what we Mud. did. What What would be your, give me two. You have two shoes. Just lay them out real, real quick. Which ones are you picking now? I know you kind of get hinted at it, but officially what two? Endorphin Pro 3 for me. I have one guy I work, two guys I work with have used it for high rocks and have liked it. They, they added stack height cushion. They made it a little less firm and they added a little bit of lug on the bottom, Rich. I don't know if you're going to pull that up or not though. Oh, I could. Cause you'll be able to see the difference okay. between the two and the three on the bottom. It's a night and day different shoe, but it's the same general feel, but with a little softer ride. So when you're doing eight by thousand on pavement, it's just not quite as punishing. So endorphin pro three and what other one? Variant tempo. Like I think that that is just safe. Deca High Rocks, both same same. Not Deca. It's me, it's good on that. I'm going. Thing. I'm not. I'm not saying no, but I'm I'm wearing Takumi for Deca, without a doubt. De- Takumi Sen Eight. <clears throat> I didn't like them. I didn't like them on the floor. I thought they were a little. Slick. You had the Adios. I thought not Takumi. I had. I have both. Which one did you wear on the floor? I wore the Adios on the floor. Uh, I didn't even. I, I didn't want to risk it for the Takumi. It was that was World Championship time. I said I'm on bus Ryan Kent's ass. In the the Hyperion tempo, yeah. Again. Otherwise, probably probably these. I'm really liking these. Say what you're pointing sky. at. There you go. A6 Meta Speed Sky, or they they also have the Edge, but it's a little harsh for me. Oh, these endorphin bottoms look good. They're yeah, stacked they're, pretty high, though. They're a big stack, but they're they're like these skies where they're a stable, just like the pros. They're relatively stable. The twos, the ones, the threes, they're all stable shoes. Hmm. All right, we can't. We pull, could pull them up. Pull, we'll pull them up. up. We'll pull them up. I'll pull them up for you. Right. I feel like there's, I feel like you have some sort of condition bracken when it comes to footwear, like that it just needs to be like s- talked about and thoroughly explored. How do you even start this conversation? Well, it's not going to end, but I think, uh, I don't think that changes my take on, on your condition that you have here. I like this bottom. This is what, who is wearing this in the race? Sandbach. He had like a bright pair of something. They were pink. They were these. Ah. Uh, apparently is what it is. San, Sandbach. That stack height looks like, I mean, it looks impossible. Impossibly tippy, but maybe it's just the design. You sit inside it a little bit. This all looks like uh, some kind of like TPU netting, out, you think? That might maybe add like a little bit of stability. Fishnet? Stocking? Style? Yeah. That might be add a little bit of stability without an, an, an incredible amount of weight. Two different people I work with have worn it, and bo- and one wore it for a stadium as well, and said he did fine on the stairs with it. And that's all I need to know. They still do stadium races. Uh, I think they're called Stadion. Have you heard about it? Stadion. I'm not. I will not be in attendance. <laughs> when you're when your athletes you have it. a have a stadium on their on their schedule, you know they'll send you your their race schedule, and they type it out as Stadion. I still can't type when I translate it to their plan to get there. I can't do it. I have to type stadium. Like I just like, can't. Your fingers won't allow it. No, it's just something about it really bothers me. So I got to write stadium still. Can you guys do it? Do you guys buy into it? Uh, I can. I think I'm 50, 50. Yeah. They changed it. To do it. 
and it just so happened to kill the product. <laughs> like they said we're going to make it a big thing that year. They had one year of it being a slightly bigger thing, and then they just killed it next year. Mm. So if you don't care about it, just let it be a stadium again. Stadium it is. Bring it back to stadium. It'll, it'll resurrect the entire franchise. Give so, me purpose in life. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit. We don't know where Jack is. Jack's just like we're. I'm good today. Do we, we, do we even have a message? He said he said he's gonna be like stuck on a call. That I don't know what that means, but he's doing like talking to his boss or something. So one thing we do want to get into the High Rocks recap. Uh, talk a little bit about my status because it's basically all we talked about last episode. Got some great love from from you guys from the community out there. So I really appreciate the support. Um, so I have like a little bit of clarity, not a ton of clarity, but some clarity uh, on that. So we do want to talk about that and then we'll get into the, the race a little bit. We're not going to do a long course. Probably not. At some point we will do a long course, mm-hmm. but today, we got to, we got to put a bow tie on that. Just, we don't know when. Yeah. We might have a time. We'll, we'll have some free week, but I was, when's that first Spartan 3k? Maybe we should just do the long course instead of covering the Spartan 3k. What do you guys think? Just not even acknowledge that it like is a thing. Cool with that. Cool. They have that test event in Jacksonville, February twenty fifth, twenty sixth, fifth, and then they have their first official is April twenty second. I have a twenty first, twenty second, in uh, yeah, Palm 21st, Beach. First, Palm Beach. Kirk, you do the, Cohen, really. the Jacks is that is that technical? It's in Boca. I think it's in Boca. Okay. You in for the Jacksonville, Kirk? I don't know yet. Come on. Only because I go on a vacation and I leave that following week and then I'm gone for two full weeks. So I'm like to travel the week before a vacation. That's, that's Each I, one of those goes. is a legit vacation. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. I'm checking out. So I don't know if I'll make it. We'll see. I'm not thinking that far ahead yet. If I got my ducks in a row, then potentially. How about you? Absolutely not. I knew the answer to that. Bracken's oh. in. Bracken said he'll be there. Definitely be there. He needs so. Jacksonville Redemption. I'm 50-50. Oh, you, just, might, you might actually go? If I'm capable of running on that terrain without setting myself back, I'll be there, yeah. My intent was that would be my Spartan Rust Buster for the year. And I stated that months ago, and my body's taking a long time to get back to flat ground running. Would you do 3K? Would, I mean, uh, yeah, because they're doing a test run. Yeah, but it's not like a trial run where, hey, come test this out. It's, hey, come pay 90 bucks to try this out. Come on. Give them your money. They should they des- your boy. They deserve it. They should I did email. It never hurts to ask, as my mother said, and she is not afraid to ask for anything ever. And so I emailed Spartan Contact seeing if, you know, what's the deal with the pro team? Do we still get any sort of privileges or we got to pay out of pocket for the races like everybody mm-hmm. else, which is which I felt a little sheepish asking, but I wanted to know. I said, is there any backdoor something that you're not advertising? That's what you I know asked. How many times he's DM that? <laughs> it's it's actually yeah, it's an auto reply on my yeah were, were they like anyways who is this no sure who, who we're talking however about. the answer was definitely a firm no that uh we're all we're all former pro team members are paying just like the rest of everybody there's no backdoor deal going on and maybe you know i i took it as truth so we got to pay for our races now fellas what a, That's what, what, a what a tough word tough world we live in count me maybe. out Maybe I should. Maybe it's a $90 investment in my future. Maybe. Go to the first event, do well in it, get on the list for the real event. That's true. I mean, you're going to be on the list. We got, we got our guy on the inside pulling strings for us. Listen, probably, probably not. He's going to be like, nah, well, I haven't seen in the last two or three years. He's going to have numbers. It's not going to work 
expect he might just railroad me. He's just gonna look at the numbers and he's gonna be like, This guy got fifth and I went to bat Ohio. for you. <laughs> real, real calls. Like, listen, this guy is he's washed. <laughs> he he went to bat lefty as a righty and just didn't it didn't go well for him. Yeah. Or you. Yeah, he called for the bean ball, is what he did. <laughs> maybe, maybe if there was some sort of scholarship that you could get your hands on. Oh, if I could get a $90 scholarship. That could be something. So something we do want to talk about, we've been kicking around some ideas as to what we're going to do um, with the, the Patreon support that we've received. Thank you to all of our Patreon members who have been kind enough to shell out your hard-earned money to us. And uh, so we've kind of been in limbo with like what we want to do with this. Like We seem to be... Why don't we clarify really quick? So this Patreon money that we are receiving does not go into our bank accounts. It never has. This is always being reinvested into the podcast. So it's not like there's a direct funnel to each of our bank accounts and we're just swimming in Patreon money. We we aren't accepting the money as profit or payment personally. It's all going back into the podcast. So I don't know if everybody knows that, but I just want to get that out there. It's mostly just sitting, right? It's mostly just sitting because we don't have a great sense of where to go with it. I mean, we gave Jack some <clears throat> some support because he sounded so bad without that microphone. We're going to need to get him a new internet, a whole entire new internet. We're going to need to run mm-hmm. lot wires to his house and the soil settles or whatever. <laughs> just a transformer soil settling issue. <laughs> like the type you hear about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, But we we're, we're just haven't really had a... a, a Anything that we felt was going to be really help propel the pod, the podcast, this podcast was project that we're working on to the next level, right? So we've kind of been in, in a standstill, like, what are we going to do with this? Like, how are we going to really make this make this better? And we kind of kicked around some ideas about what to do, and there was nothing that really landed. So uh, we've now been talking about how we can bring this money and, and put it back to the community in a couple of ways. And what we've landed on was kind of dishing out a race brain scholarship to, to people, to athletes who we want to see at events or who we think will do well in different events or, or something that will just help propel sport forward. And I mean, and I think ultimately like what, uh, what I kind of want to talk about is, is what we, what our plans are for race brain, right? Like what is the goal here? Like I have a, I have a generalized kind of like mission statement, but I'd love to hear from you guys. Like what is the goal that you guys have like with this? Well, I don't know if that's fair. Which if you have a written down mission statement and you're posing the question right now, we're not prepared. Yeah, at least read yours off and give us an idea of how, what we're competing against here. No, nope. Because you'll be like, yep, okay. You'll be like, you'll say, yeah. I like it. There won't be any. There will be no actual in there. No <laughs> actual. Know, I know what it says. You've shared. I I'm assume so, part yeah, of it. I've given, I've given pieces yeah, but- to propel our sport forward in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And that means if that means reinvesting back into the athletes or the sport instead of paying ourselves, then that's what we're going to do. It's just the right avenue to do that. So I assume your mission statement is along the lines of propelling the sport forward. Correct. Essentially, like whatever is going to be good for the sport, what can we do yeah. to, to help it, whether that is through visibility or with just narratives that we can kind of put together to, to get people a little bit more engaged in, in the thing that we, we are so passionate about. And uh, so that, that's that's kind of where this came from. Like, hmm. could this help this even more? Like, how can we help? When you first proposed this, the first place my mind went was back two years ago, two years, three, maybe even to when they were going to host the first Abu Dhabi world championship for Spartan race. And VJ was talking about 
I just don't even know. No, or was it Hawk? Either VJ, I think it was Hawk. Hawk was like, exams are right after that. I'm just graduating college. And that's a big investment to try to go over there. Mm -hmm. My thought was that would have been the perfect time for a scholarship. Right. You take a guy that you get on that course and is going to make a splash at world championships, but won't show up without outside intervention. That's the time where you throw 800 bucks or a thousand bucks at him in a scholarship form and say, hey, here's your ticket to go race. Go do it. 100%. And that, that's the, going to be the idea behind this in general. We don't have all the details smoothed out. We don't think we want to open it to like an application process. If you do feel like you're a worthy applicant, send DMs to Bracken Crocker, who will get back to you and will let you know. Um, that is just, that couldn't be farther from the truth. <laughs> so, so hold off on, on like really reaching out because we don't know what it's going to, what it's going to look like. Uh, ultimately, but we do want to give it back to the the community, to the athletes here, because the things we talk about are the storylines are what's happening within the sport are the athletes who are here, where, what the direction is going to look like. And I, I think that is just going to be a fun way to do that. So if you've been on the fence about helping us out on the Patreon side of things, now, you know, like that, that's where your money's going to go to. It's going to go directly back into the sport and to the athletes and helping get more people to these events so they can be better. So they can be more fun. They can be more compelling and that we can talk about it and you guys can listen to us talk about it. And of course that money will still go to anything related to us and recording the podcast to help the experience be better as well. So like, it's not, yeah, we're not just going to stop that. Like where it seems fit to help make this a better product. We're still going to, we're still going to hammer that, but. And this might be a good year for it. This might be with the 3K. I could see a lot of people saying, I'm just not going to travel for 3K, but the sport needs them at the race. Absolutely. I'm not going to do it for Atkins. No scholarship for Atkins. No. No. Maybe we'll use it. We'll buy some of Lindsay's baked goods. We could do that. We're not going to. We're not going to send the the athletes who need help. will are open for it. The athletes who are just really good and like, I'm not going to spend my my travel stipends on this. It's like, well, too bad. Jack's here. Hi, hey guys. Bud. What's up? It's been a day. It's been a couple days, but sounds like you guys are revealing the the details of the the cool news that we've got for the patrons. We talked about shoes, not about dongs to start. So now we're, we're into we're into business. <clears throat> awesome. <laughs> Speaking of dongs, I got to get my plug in here. <laughs> I, I'm traveling. Ratio. No, but I'm traveling to Vietnam is the trip that Jess and I are taking. And do you want to know what they pay in? Dongs. So I'm talking about dongs all day, every day. How many dongs is that? What's the dong to USD ratio? Give us a a dollar to dong conversion card. How many many dongs can you buy for a US dollar? I prefer the term USD if you're going to convert. It's like 60,000. Kirk, if you were to exchange one USD, how many dongs would you get? Probably like 50,000 dongs. It's a real nice setup. It's a lot of dongs, dude. That's why a lot of people handle all dongs. So anyways, what I'm trying to say is I have an excuse for how we started last week's podcast because dongs are on top of mind for me right now. You had dong on the brain. I had dong on the brain. So it's not my fault. It's a byproduct of uh, Vietnam's currency. Totally. Yeah. Sure. You think you're going to be sick of dong by the time you're done with that? Oh, that two-week trip where you just be like, I'm never coming home. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> yeah, not happening. So just overall, um, Jack, I, like, if you want to chime in on here, but we've kind of touched, I know yeah. you're kind of coming in directly into the end of the conversation, but basically like <clears throat> consider 
helping us out on the Patreon end of things and knowing that it's going to go directly back into the community. Like the more support we can have from our listeners, the more we can support the athletes that are directly in the sport. So Jack, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, we had a good discussion behind the scenes and I don't know what you guys said on the air. I'll listen to it after and stuff, but there are a lot of movements and a lot of good causes in this community that we aren't aware of or that would really benefit from having a little bit of extra support to get the ground going. And that kind of was one of the reasons we started the page, uh, you know, Patreon for us. Cause like we've done a lot through the years on various podcasts and, and through various methods. So it's just cool to, to know that people want to support that. But at the same time, it's like, we want to support other groups that are out there. So I think that it's a really cool idea to, sort of be like charitable for other things and have more world stuff as modern documentaries that come out and, and and just support other good causes in the OCR community. And I think that a lot of people will want to see stuff like that. And I know that I'd, I'd chip in, even if I am a member of the Patreon, just to, to have this happen. So I, I think it's a really good idea that you came up with. Oh, I guess. Yeah, we could, we could now donate to the patreon as well <laughs> maybe we should put put it in there also maybe just the the richest facial hair option i think it's gonna yeah, yeah. What, what's going on with this too are you are you growing out like a winter dew or are you just giving up on personal hygiene who jack me I've never oh seen i need this bushy all over i need a haircut so bad I, I i've been inspired by kirk in the past just let it grow out get that flow um, going you got a ways to go yeah. Red flag. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm seeing Tamara sometime later this week to get a haircut, so I'll I'll have a fresh look uh, next week. Fauxhawk? Mm. Probably not. Okay. I, I might get the Kirk DeWint Elementary School special. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. With a let's think spiked hair, moose as the product. No, did, with a mullet didn't you say that you had like some ugly mullet or something like that for a oh, while? Yeah. But yeah. you spiked up the hair on top. I had steps cut above the ears, and then the yeah, the, the mullet down the back. Ayla had a re- her first wrestling tournament two weekends ago in the middle of uh, it was up near uh, Slinger Kirk. It was oh, yeah. uh, you're up there a ways. Yeah. I have never seen more mullets in the state of Wisconsin in one place than at this wrestling tournament. Any she mullets. Cause those are the best kind of mullets. Like Moms. legit, like legit mullets. Cause mullets are kind of like a cool guy haircut. Now that are like, I'm so cool. I don't really care what anybody thinks. So I'm going to do what other people mm-hmm. do that also don't care what other people think. And now it's like a, a trendy thing. Yeah. Is it like that? Or people well, that are like, hey, not in slinger. It wasn't that in slinger. No, like yeah, you see the kid with it. You're like, are your parents, parents like making you ironic or cool? And you look at the parents <laughs> and it's like, no, no. Cause camel jorts aren't like ironic. That's just a way of life. Yeah. And then you look at the mom jorts in the winter. Well, you're inside. Oh, okay. Camel protects you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a decent amount of moms with mullets type moms who are getting down on the mat and shouting at the officials at the referees. It's like, you're not fooling anybody. We can tell the hair on top of your head is short, even though it's still long in the back. Like that's, we can see that lady. Yeah. Anyways. It Do was, you guys remember rat tails? Was that a thing when you guys were in oh, school? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I transitioned from the mullet to the rat tail for about six months. Yeah, yeah, you so, yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm from Green tail. Bay, Wisconsin, guys. I don't know if you've ever been. I've heard of it, but it isn't Philly. It isn't Denver. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Green Bay. So I was I was par for the course, guys. A straight bowl cut for years, and that's what I graduated to after the rat tail. 
So what do kids in Wisconsin do right now with their bowl cuts when the Packers aren't in the playoffs and there's no place to, there's no reason to shave a G into the side underneath the bowl? <laughs> I don't know. Good question. Hmm. All right. Did we, uh, did we watch the, uh, hold on. Sorry, yeah, not to get more. direct. No, no, we don't have more about this, but I feel like you hinted at this in the brief intro and everybody just wants to know the status update with you, ah, Rich. Yes. Like we need to get to the status update with Rich. What's gone on since last week at this time? Justice for Rich. What's going on? So I'm still not in technically. What's what's happening now is, okay, so they had that top 30, right? They weren't going to expand outside of it. So there were two open spots in the elite 15 for the North American championships. Now they are allowing athletes who have initially declined their spot for the first roll down to accept. So there's at least one athlete who declined in the top 30, who is now going to come over to North American championships, even though they declined for the initial roll down. So they might fill, there might not be open spots, but I don't think they're going to go beyond the top 30. So not good. Not good. That's what Mintra hinted at in um, in her interview with Matt yesterday or two days ago, whenever she had it. And I think it was Michael in third place is considering coming over now. Is he one of them? He's coming. He wasn't supposed to. Yeah. He's coming. So that, planning, but... that's the example of a solution that doesn't fix the problem. Right. Yeah. So it's there's just, that. It's just allowing people to change their minds. I didn't want to go, but now I do. So let me in again. Like I I didn't declare, but now I, I'm changing my mind and I want to declare. That's all that's happening. Well, if you're saying sand batch, apparently, yeah, he, uh, he made a funny post. Did you, did you, he's not a funny post, but he's like, I punched my ticket to world championships. I'm thinking in my brain, he punched more than that. Did you, did you catch that Bracken? Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the wall ball? He smoked the rig. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. commented on that, too. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Listen. I watched it. I missed it. He came into wall balls, <laughs> did a set of like 10 and broke. And we're like, oh, he's cracking. Did a set of one and stopped again and then yelled and then punched the wall ball <laughs> post in front of him. And we realized it's, really it's like steel. He, he had to have been getting no repped. We thought uh, he was cracking. I think he was getting no rest. No, no. I last year at that at the championship race, same exact thing happened. Was winning until the lunges, had mm-hmm. a little bit of a mental fart in going into lunges, ran a little bit further, came back. Toby passed him on lunges, went mm-hmm. to wall balls, did 20 wall balls in second place, and just walked off. Walked. Right. Yeah. So I think he was doing the same thing. I don't think he, I don't think he was angry at his judge. I really? think he got yeah, I think he got because he did place. 10 rest, one rest, and he then picked, went like 15, 20. Like I think he just talked himself into it. He could have finished last year. He picked it. He didn't even do one on the one. He picked it up, dropped it. <laughs> he didn't even do one on one. Yeah, I was like, for me. I was like, oh no, it's gonna happen again. Either way, I've never seen it. He dropped it after a set of one, <laughs> roared, and <laughs> one's not even a set. That's a rep. Like that's. I was like, dude, just do, just do singles, man. Oh, just get. It's obviously still a sticking point for the gentleman. Yeah, but he had the the mental game to get back in it, and he held off Toby to wind up on the podium. And I think that that's going to go such a long way for his psyche heading forward. So he punched his spot to world. So obviously now he's looking at he's probably looking at this North American list and being like, okay, this is the same exact race. Add Ryan Kent, add Dylan Scott. And I could still beat Alex and Tim, 
because I was right there. So he's looking at it like a, he can make some money now. It's pretty clear because this the North American race, you know, you add those two, you take out Tobias. And then like it's even worse of a field from, I don't know, six to 15. It's a it's a worse field than what they're going to face the Europeans. He's like, cool, I'll go over there and get fifth at worst and make some money. It's like so, no Richard Ryland, I'm in. Totally. It's like this field, this field looks terrible. I can go in there and do, do work. I think that this is the equivalent of like, if a, you know, someone who finishes in the top 10 in the U S national series at any race like that. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to go to like some race in Southeast Asia and just get an easy paycheck. That's kind of what it looks like. Cause you know, the talent isn't there, but you, it's because you're you're not allowed to race. That's the only reason why this is such an easy task. And we've gone through that before, but it's pretty sad. What was the diplomatic process that you followed in the last seven days, Rich? That's, well, that's what I need to like. What attempts have been made? We saw Jack made a, a very well thought out. Yeah, and, um, I, I have thought very good traction post. on that. Yeah, good good traction on that. But what actually what what process have you followed? And what were the exact responses? Uh, I basically emailed Mincha basically the entire conversation that we had, just boil, just distilled down a lot of like, hey, this is in your best interest. Like, hey, like athletes depend on this. Uh, I feel like I've been a good ambassador. And she gave me like, I'll, and I'll think about it. So you emailed your one contact, the the decision maker, would she be or he be? Uh, she would be the decision maker. Yeah, she's okay, like she's the, the decision uh, maker. Uh, who's the David Watson or Watson okay. of, of, of got it. Race. Okay. So you went directly to this, the contact you thought could make that decision for you. And I got a, maybe I got, let, let me think about it. But then like, yeah, yeah hearing her talk uh, to Matt and now that they're allowing athletes to come back and accept their spots, it's, it's pretty clear to me that they're not going to go beyond the, the 30. Was it dismissive her response or did you feel like you were heard? Um, I think she read it. <laughs> I don't know. Is that good enough? Uh, okay. Kent, Kent reached out as well mm-hmm. to her. She made a poor comparative, if I'm being honest, in her response. Yeah. What was that? He, he messaged me. He's like, I'm talking to Mintra. I, I let her know, like, the example of name another time where a, na- a national or regional championship has allowed other people to win it that don't live there. And she said, easy, U.S. Open. <laughs> He's like, what do we say to that? Like, well, well, golf? They, or is tennis. The US Open, is it really a national championship? Or well, I said that it's right there in the name. It's the US yeah. Open. It's an open competition held on US soil. And it doesn't determine the US champion. And it doesn't determine auto qualifiers for a subsequent world championship. So name it's a it one-off. the North American Open. And That's you're what they solved. Done. That's what they should have done. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so so it's kind of like Watson comparing the 1K, 1K, 3K format to F1 racing. Like it's, it's a comparison. It's just a bad one. <laughs> well, the difference between the U.S. Open is there's no future ramifications. The event happens. It is done. People move on with no impact on what happens or what their choices are later in the year, right? So it's yeah. not it, – it's a bad comparative. But I don't know if we should be airing that laundry or not. That was kept private, but there it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and Rich, in, in F1, they do qualifying laps. You okay. do – you basically get like a hot lap. You get a lap to warm up and go, and then you have a hot lap, and that determines who moves on. And it, it's a little longer than that. I don't know if it's like 15 or 20 minutes, but then they go do their full race. But uh, race cars don't get tired. They don't. And race cars don't have fast twitch versus slow twitch muscle fiber. It's 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 comparing apples to race cars. 
So had, Rich, you, ahead, you saw the interview with with Matt. Did you get the interpretation or did you get the um, opinion that Mintra kind of realized they screwed up, but she was just like, this is what we decided before the season started. So we're just going to go with this throughout the rest of the season. And yeah. next year we might make some adjustments. That's kind of how she's like, we're just going to stick with our guns. This is how it is. It's like we screwed it up. Uh, we won't say it in those words. And they made yeah. changes this, this year from the previous year, made it a little mm-hmm. bit better. But yeah, it's just like they just didn't think about it. They just yeah. made the like, and to me, it, it's just like a, a competency issue. The the only way that 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 this top thirty system would have worked, and prior to this year, it was only in the U.S. and Europe, would have to have exactly fifteen U.S. women, exactly fifteen European men or, and and women in the top thirty. You need an even fifteen fifteen split from each region. That, the odds of that happening with how much variability there is in courses, I bet if we look back at the results from previous years, there's no way it's that even. So this was doomed from the start. Yeah. The real issue is that it hurts the world championship because coming out of yeah. Euros where a bunch of people broke 60 and uh, North American champs, not as many are going to. And if they do, it's the same people yeah. that leaves very few qualification attempts left to even get to worlds. And so it, it, it might seem like we're just going to bat for our buddy, but in reality, there just, there aren't any more opportunities to really get onto the list. And so this decision directly determines who gets to go to worlds and worlds and regional championships have clearly shown that the qualification system is currently flawed because people get in on the roll down and then win the race. And so that opportunity is being taken away right now. So it's going to directly water down the world competition level. Mm-hmm. And it won't it won't be apparent on competition day because if you'd taken Chris and you and Dylan out of it last year, the race wouldn't have been impacted because we wouldn't have known that Chris was going to win. Right. So it'll look mm-hmm. fine and they'll be able to say, see, we still had a great race. But the reality is that every time they've ever held it, an underdog won or went top five. And that won't happen this year. There was, uh, so a friend of mine, Marcus Wallace, the most fit hybrid athlete in the greater Milwaukee area, sent me some stats. Oh, he, uh, so he, he crunched some numbers. He said the non, you saying he's better than me. That is that what I said? I just said, I just gave out greater Milwaukee area. I'm <laughs> sitting in it. Uh, that's all I'm saying. 60, you live? 63, yeah. 63 minute high rocks. Okay. We'll yeah. see. Well, we got a 1338. Deck is strong. 38? He did, he did 1338? No, I thought that's what you did. What'd you no. do? 56. 56. 56.9. 56.9. Uh, I don't know what his deck of strong is. Might be better than that. If he's a 63 high rocks, he's better than. And he's like a power guy. He's, You're he's 66, like, right? Is that your best? You, the few times. even be slower. 67. Uh, what the last question I have for you, Rich? I know you're going somewhere at that. Is did were you I given? Just, a, I just wanted to mention that uh, about the Milwaukee thing. Oh, <laughs> I want to know the you stats. Want, you just said he numbers. We're not even going to talk about. Nope, the numbers, I just so. he didn't send him any stats. I just wanted to say his name and yeah. said he's from Milwaukee. <laughs> Go ahead, Kurt. Well, no, two questions I had for you was: What did you finish your point? Maybe, I, maybe I'm really interrupting. Uh, I did not finish. My oh, point. finish no, your no, point. I, made, yeah, I, made, I got I got to what I really no, wanted to get to. No, why don't you finish your point? That was my bad. So. Uh, looking at the world championship list now, right? Like the Tiago 
I'm just going to use them as an example. And this is something that Mintra kind of definitely ducked when Matt kind of asked her indirectly about like, so what do you say about the athletes who performed well and have this fast time and then, then didn't perform well at the, at the championship <clears> race? <throat> like Tiago was the first ranked athlete with like a 5740 and now, and then he finished 10th. Right. And, but his 5740 will stand. He's going to make the world championships because he ran this time on this course. It's crazy where, and, and we saw, we saw like, He's 10th in European cha- in, at the European Championships. Like he's probably outside the top 15 <laughs> if we put all the North American athletes in there as and well. And what was his time? Uh 62-ish, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it was a five-minute swing. Yes. And Megita went from essentially 60 to 60. 60 to 60, right. And so, so the, these, it was a pretty decent course. Yeah. It was an yeah. accurate course, and there was course a five-minute swing. The so this is these are the numbers that now I'm getting to. Well, that, that's just like a point, right? So like yeah. Tiago has a spot. Uh, Jonathan Wynn, who finished, who came in like I think fifth, finished ninth. He's like a fifty-eight. He's like a fifty-eight thirty. Like he's going to begin, right? Mm-hmm. And then we've seen like maybe where their racing ability is isn't where their seed time is. But these numbers said uh, non-Frankfurt athletes average about forty-two seconds slower than their seed time in this championship race, and that could be because of like the runs were kind of funny. They, uh, the, having the laps back and forth does play on some of the stations to make it a little bit slower, but the Frankfurt athletes were an average of two minutes and 48 seconds slower. So two, so we can say from that numbers that that course was two minutes faster and those times are going to stand and be put into the world championships, almost, uh, 42 seconds and two forty-eight. Um, yeah, oh, you and said like two forty-eight. That's almost three. He's comparing it to the other uh, German course. Forty-two and, seconds slower oh, for one, two forty-eight okay. yep. for the other. Yes, so it's two minutes slower than understand yeah. what other yeah courses have been run. Yeah, so like right there, it's like yeah, it's like and you know it's a small sample size, but still it's like significant. And the response to that was, oh, he just sent that. Like it's there's no response. It's just an observation. Mm-hmm. Or and Mintra's response when Matt kind of asked her that was like. I don't want to disparage an athlete's performance. <laughs> it's like there's evidence here, but I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Mm-hmm. So let's not talk about it. So what are you going to do? Uh, are you going to take it or are you going to make your own reality? I don't think I can fight the fight to try to get into Chicago. It's been pretty discouraging, Correct. right? So I need to look beyond it. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys, March 18th. There's two races. It's about seven, eight weeks. I think I can build myself into a really good spot for that. Cause I'm going to need to do a time. I'm going to need to have to run 58 something. Mm-hmm. Dallas is that weekend. Historically and, fast. Uh, yeah. It's a different venue than hunters. New, new uh, venue. Is new it? venue. New venue. Yeah. Uh, historically low rock zone. Yes. Times. Yeah. Yeah. The one yeah. different venue, I guess it's going to be a different venue. I think they've been to three or four different venues now in Dallas. Or there's Barcelona that same weekend. And I'm looking at it. I, w- I picked up, I went up on Google flights and I was like, oh, okay. It's like, 12, it's like 1200 bucks. What? I was to like, Barcelona? Yeah. In, a, in March or whatever. Uh, try from try, Denver. Rich, wait, try going out of Chicago. Fly to a, a cheap area a, and take a train. Like Barcelona, I was just looking at, yeah. is between four and 600 out of Chicago. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That could work. Yeah. Chicago, Chicago is always cheap from Denver. Oh yeah, especially in the winter. Yeah, people don't yeah. want to go. Your fifth round trip, you can easily get. But I was looking at, it, I was looking at twelve hundred bucks. I was like, "What am I doing? <laughs> what the? Is this something that I really want? Like that I should do to go over there? Where like Dallas, that flight's gonna be like three hundred bucks, and maybe it's a fast course, 
But Barcelona is probably going to be fast. Historically, it's been fast. Last year, it would have been a bit of a run in the JV race kind of thing that it used to be like running a Sunday race to get a world qualifier to get podium money. That's not the case this year. They made a set of rules that demands this type of action. So if you can look at what Dylan did and say, I can do that here on this soil in this venue, then it's cheap and easy. But if the qualification standard is most likely hit there, and if you hit the standard, you're also going to win money. Yeah. To me, it's a no brainer. Like if you are serious about this sport as a world champ in the sport, trying to double it, why wouldn't you go to Barcelona if you can find a decent flight? Barcelona. Why is Barcelona, Barcelona guaranteed Barcelona. to be a fast course? Is that or have the right competition? I mean, this European champs wasn't a fast course. The sleds so, were fast. The sleds it, were fast. It was like very but, fast in the sleds. There was women under two minutes. What, what do you have? Two race weekend opportunities still. Is I've, that what it comes? I've three. I've Houston. Uh, domestically, I have Houston, which is yeah. soon. Then Dallas, which is about seven weeks. And then Anaheim, which is probably 12. Couldn't you race all three of those and probably come out the same as if just going to Barcelona and racing once cost-wise? Yes, but course-wise. So, but don't you think one of those dice rolls is going to work in one of those three venues' favor domestically? Maybe. Maybe. Here's, here's the thing with... I, I understand your question because the European Championship just was not a fast course, right? But, it was but what they did style. is they set up the uh, the World Championship style of venue where they have this uh, lane based area where you come into each time, and mm-hmm. Vegas proved that that can be really cumbersome to get in and out mm-hmm. of, and then the runs become funky. So the the individ- the sleds were very fast, but the rocks and the transition and the runs canceled everything out. But that's a one-off course. There will never be another one of those this year until Worlds. That's for so sure. They've never yeah. d- they've only done it twice ever, and it was at this championship and last year Worlds. They do it for Orlando. The- Orlando did they? Remember, it was a test run. They we, we we went to lanes. It was a crazy rock zone, but that was a small. It was a was small like, rock zone too. Uh, it, it was a small um amount of entry because it was still pretty covety yeah and uh they yeah they, like, they did that for but yeah. like to run a, an efficient race that has a lot of uh participants in it they need to have it where they go from burpee broad jumps to a row to a different place to farmers carry yeah. so that they can appropriately stagger it when it's in lanes it, it will bottleneck yeah so at like a regular race they wouldn't do it and that's why they're not having multiple heats of the north american championship yeah and then and the reason they do it for the big championships is they set up an arena with the stands around it and that itself makes it bottlenecks and hassles getting in and out so they don't do that at any other venue because they actually don't want to block it off they want it free-flowing across the whole venue so you have like a 90 plus percent chance of getting a great course there and you have a 50 50 chance over here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to your point, if you hit three venues, one of them should be fast. That would just suck to go to just like see times at Dallas when I'm in Spain. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, well, that's what I'm worried about. You're going to go there and it's not going to be what you're hoping. And it's going to be this big roll of the dice that doesn't roll in your favor, even in Barcelona. They're more efficient. They're more. They, yeah. they're, go ahead, Jack. Oh, I, I was going to say maybe they find out you're going and they design the course to prevent you. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying not to take it personal, but I'm real close to taking it personal. So like yeah. it so, might, might happen. So for the listeners to understand then just what you're trying to do here is what is your best high rocks time to date? 
Uh, a 60-35. And you believe you need to run 58-30 mm-hmm. to safely to safely to get in. So you need to take either. two minutes off your best high rocks time yeah. in order to even maybe make the top 15 list to get into the world championship. So that's what you're trying to accomplish. What we're doing is dissecting the venues mm-hmm. in which he should use his efforts on. So that's a big feat, right? Do you believe you're in 58-30 shape if the course shakes out the right way? I think I can be in that shape domestically, but it's uh, – like if I put it all together and really be di- and dialed in for eight to 12 weeks, I, I definitely think I could run that kind of time, which ultimately is, should be my plan. It's like, let's just really make, put myself in the best position possible fitness wise. And it should take care of itself. If right? you still lived in Philly, go for it way logistically easier, but you don't stay domestic. You're in the middle of the country. You can get to these other races super easy. Just freaking race your ass off. One of them will pop, call it good. And if it doesn't, you just learn from your hard lessons this year. And you never make the mistakes of now. How many years left here, man? Yeah, you get plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. So let's say you were training for the Olympics in the fifteen hundred, and they moved away from the current qualification <laughs> system to this system, which is the top thirty times in the world get in. If you were coaching yourself or an athlete, the question would be: Do I try to run it here domestically, or do I go to Monaco? knowing that everyone at Monaco is going to run 3.30 or under. Mm-hmm. I might be able to get in a race here. I might not. But you look in historically, everyone runs it at Monaco and doesn't match again anywhere else. What would you do? Kirk, what would you do? Pose, pose that to Kirk because he's on the other side. Uh, Kirk well, doesn't have to do it. Bracken <laughs> setting me up to just make the opposite argument of what I just made. It's an obviously yeah, yeah. rhetorical <laughs> question. So, uh, yeah. But that's not a guarantee. That's the thing. It's not a, it's guarantee. Not a guarantee. No, there's no guarantees. It's no. not guaranteed. The so only the guarantee difference. is like getting myself into the best possible shape. That's the only thing that I can control. Yeah. I would hate to see Bar- I would hate to see Barcelona times end up like Frankfurt and be like, ah, there it was. Like I hate, I don't like that. You know, last year, um, Cole qualified in Spain. Uh, Tara Jackson has qualified her faster times have been in Europe. And at that time I was kind of like, you know, I don't think I like that approach. Just like do it here. But yeah. now it's like, fuck it. Like if that's the way that they're going to do it, I'm it's going to turn into Iron Man. You're going to have to go and run down like out of country to get your good fast. That's just what people do. Every year they go and hit their same courses and they avoid the the bad ones and it's just what the sport is. If that's the direction it's going, then the people who embrace it quicker are the ones who are going to be successful quicker. And what's your time frame? How many how many years at the top do you have? Lots. Two. <laughs> Two. Maybe. So <clears throat> I don't know if that strengthens mine or Kirk's argument more, but if you have two years, this can't be a wasted year. I know. That's why, that's why ugh, with these qualifications kill me. Jack, what well, would you do? I, I look at it like you're rolling dice, which is more likely to, you know, if you're looking for a six, you roll it once, one in six chance. I'm nice at dice, though. You roll it three times. It's <laughs> the most Philly thing. Coming up. <laughs> you're Catch me on okay, that practice. Take that money. Yeah. I... I think, yeah, get getting race ready. Like you're gonna, if you do three of these, like even if your first one you do sixty flat in in Dallas and like you're right on the cusp, and or Houston, and then Dallas you improve to like fifty nine thirty or something. I, you're you get better with racing more realistically, right. I, and they are spaced out enough where it's not like you're gonna have mm-hmm. to do that three straight weeks like Chris Woolley did last year to try to do it. And as as they mentioned with the travel time, like 
it's a two hour flight to Dallas, two and a half to Houston, uh, Anaheim, you're, you know, two hours West coast two hours. or you're looking at like nine, pl- like in the air, plus all the time changes and all this other stuff. Like, I think that your best bet, it, it, it does stink that you're probably going to have to solo this. Cause like who else is going to show up to these other venues, unless you just have another Frankfurt equivalent over in your island's got you. We're scholarships. Yeah. yeah, Ryland's gonna have to. If, yeah, he, if, rather, um, if, if Ryland might be like Fuck newbies, this. he might just be Jared if he's healthy. yeah. But Ryland might be like, yeah. Why would I do this anymore? Like this is crazy. Like should I should I invest yeah. in this sport? When I make race decisions, I really a big part of what holds a lot of weight for me is what race can I show up and be most likely to feel good. Meaning, like, what has the travel messed with me? Is the time zone switches messed with me? Has the food messed with me? Is the sitting on an airplane for that long messed with whatever? And and in that decision alone, it's like when you go over there and what are you gonna you're gonna be what seven hours ahead? I like tapas. Eight hours ahead. Yeah, yeah but I'm gonna have to do that. I'm gonna have to do that for England anyway. If I do qualify, well, right. Worry about that then. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I I think stick with the U.S. BK and final argument. You're mentioning we'll 5830 have, we'll is your cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're mentioning 5830 is your probable cutoff. So right now, the difference between 10th and 15th between Tom Hogan and Dieter Schwarzkopf is 27 seconds from 5932 oh. to 5959. So oh. you got to get out of that cluster because a lot of people, I could see some movement there. And you mentioned there are three more US races to qualify. How many in Europe? I'm going to guess probably close to 10 or so without looking at the 12. schedule. Yeah. A lot. So yeah. Yeah. So they have more opportunities. So I do agree that you're going to need to be 58 X for like sub 59. Cause a few of those people, whether it's Tom Hogan or the, you know, uh, probably Jeffrey wasn't like, like they'll Holder, probably move up a little Holder bit. Kroner, he can, t- he can pop one. Yeah. Thomas can pop one. Like, yeah, this is the crazy thing. A year and Ryan a half Kent, ago, we lost our mind. I mean, he'll get an auto broke 59. We broke 58. Yeah. Oh, a couple years ago, you're saying? Or less, yeah. 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 yeah anyway, you're going to have to crowdsource. Summarize, I think, stick with the U.S. That's mine. You're going to need Dylan. You're going to need Rylan. You're going to need anyone who wants to do it should show up to them. I think you need someone like Dylan who's in shape, has shown he can do it, to be in the race and just set the tone even if he's not even intending on doing much. But you, you, you're you going to need three he people in there. Top 15 in, right now. in, um, at Barcelona, you're saying? Or no, wherever. If you do anywhere. Houston, Dallas, whatever, you need three people. In case one dies, you need the second. Look look what happened with the sub two project. It's like a couple people Those dudes probably died crack, immediately. Then again, Dylan did his solo. Dylan did his solo. Maybe that's even better for High Rocks. Magina did yeah. his solo. Yeah. The Magina. only issue mm-hmm. is they're like marathons. Mm-hmm. They just take so much out of you physically and mentally to have to get up for that three times, knowing that your reward is you have to do it a fourth time. It's just a. It is a lot. <laughs> Overseas. So what, let's say you do this. Barcelona. What's Barcelona? If you do Barcelona, what's do you have another? race that you could do in the u.s after that or beforehand or um, like you're all the eggs in that basket so an- another option would be like stockholm or uh i think hamburg like 
a week or two after Dallas so I can take advantage of the domestic races. That's what got me thinking about it initially. So it's like I could run Dallas and then potentially do uh, Hamburg and Germany two weeks later like and still have like a big build up to there and maybe not get out of Dallas. Yeah, they have where? a nonstop Denver to Frankfurt flight to Frankfurt on United. Um, so that could at least get you in the country and then take a train pretty low stress travel there staying within the same country. So that's another option. If you, we, we were a pro I think what I'm getting out of this is Rich sport. wants to do an international race. Yeah. I don't want to, <laughs> I would much rather not, but CrossFitters travel to Dubai. Yeah. Cyclists travel all over Europe. Track athletes are everywhere. Maybe you just need to act the part. <clears throat> Do you they travel think... well? Maybe that Kirk's point is the biggest one. Are you going to feel good traveling and racing? I don't know. I if I will do my best to convince myself that that's what's going to happen, but I've never I've never done it. That that I've never raced international. Do you want to know what I think would be a great indicator for you? Let's see how these Europeans coming over the opposite direction do in the U.S. a couple <laughs> weeks in Chicago. Then you'll kind of get a, compare me to them. If they all crack 60, then we know that they're just that good. Depends on what if they take the sleds yeah. off. That's another thing. If they take that sled weight, make it a little bit lighter, add this much height on each pole, and say it adds up to 55 more pounds like they did at the World Championships, <laughs> maybe they will run that fast. All right. Well, well, we'll continue this conversation. Let me think about it. You guys are my counsel. I appreciate that. Let's talk about the, these races a little bit. So, Kirk, did you watch? I did. Nice. Which yeah. Feet? Uh, you know, I don't know. <sighs> I didn't know we had a race parade. I didn't know officially we booked it, so I just watched the LCR. Report. Follow us on Instagram, Jack. Did you watch it? I watched probably one third yours and then two thirds theirs. I switched back. I didn't watch it live either. You started on ours or started on theirs? I started on race brand. Yeah. Oh, and you got and off then of it there was because it's because mbd was but on. then i went back to, I, I went back and forth several times i was very impressed with uh not being able to hear dylan's bike or his heavy breathing while he was commenting <laughs> that while he was on that that was pretty impressive dylan's like i've been two hours into this bike ride i gotta get at least another two so can i do with a watch along on the bike I'm like sure man <laughs> that works what kind of headset did he have that blocked that out i think it's just a quiet bike Maybe we maybe that's where we should invest. But you couldn't even hear him breathing heavy. Like, yeah, the dude doesn't breathe heavy. So, what are some takeaways? Let's start on the women's side. That was the race that we were looking that I was most excited about. There was uh, you know nine names on that list of athletes where who we thought could take the podium. Uh, the podium shook out two of the three. I personally wasn't counting on Lauren being in like peak shape. But what were you guys' takes on uh, on the race in general on the women's side? Well, I posed Lauren's the question really good, and she's in the last the episode asking, seen that. Yeah. asking if we've seen Lauren hit her old fitness, and we all said, no, we haven't haven't seen her do that yet. And then what does she do? I mean, that that's as dominant as she's ever won anything that I can recall. Against a field in which Meg was poised to go and sweep the floor with everybody, and that didn't happen. So it just, you can't say it was for lack of competition because it wasn't. Sure, there was an extra lap in there, but Meg still went to one. 
So she could have won with it without that extra lap. Mm-hmm. Regardless. Yeah, I think so. And it also makes me think watching Lauren, the way she ran this race, which we know she's aggressive, but she ran against some other aggressive racers and made them look like they were standing still. The way Lauren raced is not the way to run your fastest time. <laughs> Yet she still blew them out. So that's what's scary about the front end of the results, in my opinion. Yeah. And she's, like you said, she did it looking like she had her old fitness running mm-hmm. a slightly slower time. Right. She won by just force she forced everyone to get so uncomfortable she took them to the place of such little oxygen and energy that she was the only one that was able to survive in it she was the only one with the survival skills to sit in that we hadn't seen meg in that place yet we hadn't seen uh michaela in that place and lauren lives in that place so she won just by pure brutal force and i think that's the scariest person to race against i truly think that back over my entire racing career of both running it and watching high level and mid-level and low level races there's no one more frightening to race than someone who does not care about hurting themselves early in order to hurt you everyone knows we have to make some sort of commitment and we are from the start going to be outside of our comfort zone or playing that wait and hope game and she just she can't be at her best right now. So if she can do that now, did she just turn the female high rocks world on its head in one race? It was her best time. It was the best we've seen her. I'm, I'm taking I, it as assuming that's not the fastest course. I mean, that's the fastest course she's run. And that she will be in better shape. Yeah. As we go forward. It's just everything we thought to be true about the sport turned out to be shattered the moment she started running. But, but also it's the Lauren week. She's been, she is the best. If we had a top 20 list of all time, high rocks athletes, she would be at the top. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's going to be able to turn this upside down like that, it, it should be her. So it was a surprise to me for sure to see mm-hmm. her in that type of fitness, but also really not that big of a surprise. <laughs> yeah. But well, who did we all predict? Meg, dickhead over there. Did Michaela. Michaela. Yeah. And they did great. Yeah. And Lauren toyed with them. The thing you, I was asking myself I think- when I was watching her do that and then seeing her see it through, like you see she had a minute, some gap halfway through the race and you're like, okay, well, when's the blow up happening or when is that gap going to close? And it never, never did. And when you see that, then you go like, how do you beat her? How, how do you, how do you beat her? You go with her. Mm-hmm. overextend yourself well obviously she can go hard and hold it let's say it's a conservative race and lauren holds back early well clearly she's gonna have such a surplus in the tank that she can pound home like when somebody wins that dominant she, you have to rely on her having a bad day in order to have a chance right like she, there, there's such a gap there like what's your strategy gonna be that's how dominant of a performance it was like what's your strategy gonna be to poke holes in her fitness i don't know where it happens yeah, I, I think everyone was kind of expecting Meg Jacoby to take the throne after what we've seen. And I, I looked at the numbers after, despite her um, running that extra loop. So she lost about a minute 20 by running that extra mm-hmm. lap right there. Um, she still would have been about 45 seconds behind Lauren. That's how dominating Lauren was. And believe it or not, Lauren actually had a faster run split on six of the seven runs in which they both ran the same distance. And mm-hmm. she likely would have Wild. been a faster few overall. seconds faster there as well. That's crazy. Not- and if like 
you know, an extra minute 20, a little bit extra fatigue in there. For sure. Yeah. Has but that, that it has was still a 45 minute deficit. But the, the crazy thing is Lauren was a front runner and she was the, like a ridiculous closer. 305 on the wall balls. Like mm-hmm. if she's in this type of fitness right now, just give her the title. Like 305 on the wall balls. And I know Miriam Van Roar, she was 255. Under, so like she can be touched, three. but. But that's the point, like, right? We saw the fastest wall balls. Are doing now. Yeah, we saw the fastest wall balls we've ever seen, and she only lost ten seconds on that. Like, yeah. That's that's outrageous. I, I think that Michaela has shown that she runs the Dylan Scott approach. Michaela cannot just simply by her physique; she can't come out and hammer the first three stations. She did a great pull, but she can't do both back-to-back currently, which leaves Meg as the only person who has the type of power and endurance available to her to try to match Lauren from the start. I think Meg could take a chance if they reran that race and said, I'm just going to run on you and I'm going to go side by side because the only way you beat Lauren is if she cracks, but you're not knowing if she's cracking unless you're near her. So I think Meg's the only one set up on paper to be able to go head to head with her. And someone's going to have to go head to head with her to ensure that a crack shows. But what about those first couple of stations? Wasn't there a big gap by Lauren time discrepancy wise? Yeah. So she's going to have, I mean, she's going to have to like redline early on the stations. Yeah. Lauren was about 15 seconds faster on the sleds combined versus Michaela and Meg. So are, they're all running the same pace. She already created a separation by then. That first K, Lauren weaponizes. It was like a 400 or something stupid. Another thing with these courses, how are they going to change the run distances like that? <laughs> now all of a yeah. sudden it's like 400 meters to the first one and the rest are what, like 1,200? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How Lauren's, do you run an extra lap? You I, hear about Rich, that I heard you in the broadcast. Time. You're like, wait, okay. What do you got going there, Rich? Yeah, you, Rich, you were talking oh, about like now. Yeah, thing got, got a decel in it. Um, yeah, but but Rich was mentioning he's like, wait, now I need to do math to figure out like how much extra distance for these remaining nine or uh, remaining seven runs. Now it's not a thousand meters; it's like twelve hundred or something like that. And just as an athlete, that's so frustrating because you you're trying you know what uh, you know what one k split. It's like okay, I'm supposed if I'm at four flat, I'm gonna be running. 20 minute 5k like it's nice and easy but when you have like um 1160 meter laps for seven of it you can't that's very difficult to like know your pacing and everything at that point what what do you guys think do you uh, do you think that that would throw you off having that early run into it because everyone's still fresh and you're not fatigued from an opening thousand meter run at most uh even though it was only 400 meters heading into the ski erg but i i feel like it's just it changes things so much when you have to do that little bit of extra running with the rest of the zones later on. Yeah. It has a different right? especially for a race predicated around repeatability and time. It's a very different demand. And anyone who's a good second half runner is getting significantly more time to use that skill. None of the other stations are changing. And so if you are a power athlete who relies on getting through the runs, you're punished running those extra 160 meters seven times. That's significant. Whatever you gain on that first one, only being 400 or 500 meters, you do not, you do not balance out. You, you, you get punished way more having to run more later, in my opinion. 
you know, these athletes are very calculated athletes, right? Everybody understands how their body feels going into and out of stations. And this really messes with your own internal formula, doesn't it? I think that's a notable enough. That's another 30 seconds of running per time. That's notable. So I would have to imagine that messes just with your energy management, either under managing or over. It's good if you're yeah, a strong part, runner. Part of high rocks is how yeah. like repeatable it is. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're practicing thousand meter repeats during training. <clears throat> like that's obviously you'll go up and down a little bit and stuff during your training, but you're kind of dialed in on what a thousand meters feels like. And to, to throw that off, it's, it's just a completely different strategy. And yeah, even though it might only be an extra 20, 30 seconds of running, if you do that seven more times throughout the race, it's, it's a different demand. My take on this is that Lauren's resurgence, yeah. Lauren's reemergence is bad news for Michaela. I think that if it's Meg and Michaela going at it, Meg's a calculated enough athlete that she will run appropriately and the door will stay open for Michaela to charge late, which Michaela shows she can do with Lauren there. Michaela is, is not set up to do well. Lauren's kind of the athlete built the opposite of Michaela and it's going to either force her outside her comfort zone or create too big of a gap. But Meg, I think is the one that can bridge the gap. So I think Michaela had a better chance of beating Meg straight up than she does with Lauren in the race. And that uh, she's about to get Linda Blaired, I think, where she was really close and Lauren single-handedly took away who, her chance. Of who is ropes. that? Isn't that an actress? Yeah, L- Linda Meyer. Yeah, this I is keep like the saying third that, Linda time. Blair. Yeah, I think she was in The Exorcist. Who is I that? I keep saying Linda Blair. I think Linda Blair was in The Exorcist. Yeah, she's an actress. <laughs> was an actress. Riddle me the, just entertain my conversation real quick about how do you miss a lap or how do you go an extra lap? It's very confusing. I understand the course layout didn't help that. <laughs> it's easy. Is it that e- is it that easy or does it yeah, truly it's, take it's more common brain? Uh, well, you hear about it from time to time. No, it's not. I, it, I've heard it so many times. Yeah. Is it like where is are you being misdirected? Are you you're not sure where you should enter or exit? Is it like where is the disconnect there for people when it happens? I think it's like running twenty four by four hundred. You forget which lap you you're get on. to sixteen. You're like, is this fourteen, fifteen? Is this sixteen or seventeen? Yeah, it's just that, that thing. Yeah. The exit and the entrance weren't in the same place either. Right, which would be like, confusing. The yeah. half laps really mess with you because when you come out of a station hurting or on a mission, you're focused on your body and the run and you come past and you know you've come past the finish and neither sound right. You're like, I couldn't have done a lap and a half already, but there's no way I only did half a lap. It's in the middle of the run. You just go race dumb like that. Your race brain kicks right in and it's. Three and a half laps is so many to count when you're smashed, even though it doesn't seem like it would be. But yeah, it's, it's that interval workout thing where mm-hmm. you lose focus on one half of a lap and it's tough. And then you have to run one more because the penalty for not running it is so severe. That makes sense to me. I just, I, I, yeah. I could sense that course layout really, really impacts the like the prob- probability of doing this or, or missing or extra lap or not i would have to imagine and this one seems a little complex kirk every time that i've done a high rocks they have like a display (laughs) and you run over a timing mat and your chip lets the display know who's coming up and you can look at it and in big like three four inch font it'll say like bauer blank laps left and so you can kind of look at that but Sometimes you're like, oh, is it, am I on my second one or is that? It doesn't make it, like, yeah, just, it's confusable for sure. And it doesn't always register. Yeah. 
So she's not a big dummy head for doing this. It can happen to anybody. Yeah. yeah. Is what she, I'm getting. she was by herself too. And Lauren had a gap at that point and Meg was in second by her, by herself essentially. So she was leading that chase pack and Lauren had already come in and then she came in like ninth or seventh. I think she came into. Okay. And what, at what point do you realize that this has happened? Sometimes when you, you when you don't, that's what I'm wondering. When, when she realized when she saw she was everybody in, in front of her. Yeah. yeah. Callie and I, for example, in our doubles on our last run, we're coming around and on our second and our third, we're having the conversation. Do we turn in now or not? Mm-hmm. Because there was an ex- you had to run an extra three quarters of a lap on that one. But it, at that point, it's really hard to say, did I get that extra three on the first out or is it an add on at the end? And we both, we were about to go and we said, let's just take an extra lap. We think it's about 50 seconds for a lap here. So a 50 second penalty, we think we have a 90 second lead, but it's a five minute penalty. If we miss it, let's, oh, let's just do it. extra. And and some people did come in, right? Yeah. And some people, did. some people did. They got directed that. out. And right. it, so <laughs> in the moment, she might've known in the moment, I might be doing an extra, but I can't afford a five minute penalty, right. but I can make up a minute. Or maybe she didn't find out till just like her burpees. She's on it and someone says, hey, I got bad news. I think, for I think that's what happened. I think she's like, yeah. yeah, fuck. So speaking to that, I mean, I said who could break Lauren or who could catch Lauren and yada, yada. Where do you pick holes in it? But I suppose the moral diffusing of knowing that you just took yourself out of the race, mm-hmm. how that impacts things moving forward. The extra running, as you had mentioned, there's a that leaves some daylight right there, doesn't it? For me, it sure would. I can barely follow course tape on a Spartan race course. So I guess counting laps would be. She closed really well. And then her last run, she imploded. Yeah. Her last run was slow. If I remember correctly on her splits, double check me on that Rich. Make Jacoby. If that. Yeah. No, she had the third fastest. She was only on Lauren. Her last last run was a, was her slowest run, which it typically is. 444 versus 447. Yeah. Well, what were, what were her three previous? Um, it was probably 10 seconds for everybody. Everyone okay, so else, she, they were in the 439, mid-430s throughout the race. So, yeah. yeah, so I guess my point is, I mean, implode is the wrong word, but yeah. if she gave up a minute 20 and she gave up another 10 seconds on that run, now you're up to a minute 30. Now you say, okay, I was more fatigued and I had to put out extra. Let's call it a minute 45. Suddenly losing by by that amount is really whittled down to like, what we said it was 45 seconds, just counting the penalty. Now let's drop it to 35 for that last lap because I blew myself up trying to get there. But now let's do it another 10, 15 seconds based off of just fatigue. And that little bit when they first told me and I checked out for a bit on the row, she didn't have a great row. And suddenly you're looking at a 15 or 20 second race in your mind. If you're Meg 15 or 20 seconds is nothing, especially saying I spotted her 15 seconds on the sleds. Suddenly yeah. you you think I'm the same athlete as you. You had a more aggressive. Skin. Pen- yeah. So I think in her mind, she leaves thinking I can still yeah, be. You're finishing player. with and like she 85 should. wall balls. Coming, coming back yeah, that was- way that she did too. Closing that strong and still finishing on the podium is yeah. pretty remarkable. And what was her row? If you guys have that up, I thought she was like four or four versus four twenty four net. Which does which includes strapping in, getting off, right. running into the air. So yeah, she was Compared probably like two hundred five pace if I remember. Lauren what was we Lauren have? was four fourteen. Okay, so, so she seconds. she gave another ten seconds there, and I I think makes a strong rower. Definitely, I, and, and like just the the comp, the competitive piece. If she's next to her, 
Like that's another part as well. If you can read off of yeah. your, of, of your, and I think that was the, that was the station, right? It was Burpee Broad Jumps. It was the same spot as in New York. Right. It was the next station after. So she did it oh, yeah. and then came in and had to deal with it on the row. So 45 second gap, take off 10 for the last run, 35, take off 10 for the row, it's 25, and we still haven't touched fatigue. It Again, I know I'm be getting redundant here, but Meg is poised to be the one to, to go into there with some confidence. You know whose stock I'm buying after this race? I'm buying some Alondra stock after this race. Mm-hmm. Dude, was she she ran her own version of Lauren's race, in my opinion. She was aggressive for her. She stuck her nose in there. She ran with power. And she, I mean, she she went for it. Like, she went for it, went for it. And we haven't seen, have we seen that sort of racing out of her? That's that's how she races. She was winning the world but, championships. Oh, she was. She let, she took it out. She was winning after skier. She was, like, in that mix and, and kind of faded the fourth the same way. I wouldn't say she faded the fourth here. Uh but like just the circumstances around the stations and like the running, her running's only going to get better. But right now, like that's definitely a weak point that she has compared to everyone else in that like top four to five. Well, I watched her at DECA Worlds and then I watched her here. And was I, was she noteworthy at DECA? Yes. But this caught my attention much more significantly the way she raced this than, um, and she had great performances at DECA, but this felt different to me. She's nasty. Yeah. She's only going to get better too. She's and she's aggressive. She's confident. She's not scared of anybody. So yeah. like, if her running gets better, and like I said, I think I said on the broadcast, like she probably has the worst wall ball form, and her wall balls are like three thirty. But compared to like the top three or four, we're all unbroken. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you do? Just her movement piece in that is what added like the twenty seconds or whatever where she needed to be. What do we make of further down the list? Like we had expectations for athletes. Um, Did you catch that Miriam, Miriam Van Roer? That was such a bummer. Like she was doing, she finished her sandbag seconds. lunges, dropped the sandbag, flat tire on her oh, shoe, yeah. had to untie her shoe. Oh. And she tried to like slip it back on. wasn't working. She lost probably 20 seconds. And she had just, it, it was 21 seconds. 21. You counted. Yeah. I remember looking at the split. <laughs> Nice. I was close. It, it, That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of time. Yeah. And then at the way that she was able to it put it. It felt so much longer though. Yeah. Yeah. And then what did she miss third place by? Yeah. And you were talking seconds. about would you have gone barefoot? I think that was it. What'd she miss third place by? Uh, one, she finished 1344 versus 10342 for Alondra. So 100% would have been up there and then missed the podium by uh, 32 seconds by Egg, who also had a, an issue. So it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, and make like a, a longer issue for sure, and more energy yeah. output. Um, and Meg went on broken too. On her wall ball, so. <laughs> so she dropped the sandbag on her own heel, which gave yep. her a flat tire. Yeah. Oh, that's Kent, Kent knew it right away. We're commenting. We're like, "What's going on here?" He's like, "I know exactly what happened." He said, "I've done that in training. I drop the sandbag off my back, and it clips your heel. And every once in a while, it takes your shoe right off." Wild. I don't believe that Kent made a good point on the broadcast throughout <laughs> the entire time. Taking the, <laughs> would you Here's have run barefoot take. like uh, he was suggesting? I I don't know about that. Oh, can f- finish that off because I have a tangent here. I would thought about this, and I think I run with one shoe for a little bit, just pick it up and run and see how that goes. And then if yeah. I make it the full thousand, 
take both shoes off for wall balls. Just get, get rid of it. I'm running with it while I untie it. And then I slam it on. Not, not. No loops, just not, not go. I think that's No, because free you think you're going to be able to slip it right back on. So your first instinct is to go right for it and slip it on. Right. And then you're already down in, there. In in retrospect. Oh. On the, on the broadcast, I said I would have done the same thing. I would have tried to slam my foot in there. And then I would put my finger in there and try it. Eventually, I would have untied it. So it would have been a shoehorn. I had it happen in a spark. carry a shoehorn here. I had a shoe come untied twice and one time the heel come off in mud and I did the same thing. I just gave up 45 seconds messing around on the ground. It's frustrating. But my takeaway from watching this race is this. The men that I know in this sport are thinking about every piece of their training and they're really dialing it in. And the women that I know in this sport are piecemealing it together through multiple modalities. They're hitting CrossFit. They're doing big run volume. They're doing a lot of different things. And I think they're doing more volume than the men. And a lot of the men are doing more specific high rocks work. And I think we're seeing that these massive engine females are better closers than a lot of the men right now. And they're handling issues when they arise better. Now, I, I think there's going to be some pushback and I, it's a blanket statement. So it's going to have holes in it. But you look at the top women and they love volume. Meg loves to work. Lauren, if Lauren had her way, she would just run 80 mile weeks. She doesn't even love high rock stuff that much. So she's doing 70 mile weeks on top of high rock stuff. They're doing more work than the men outside of Dylan Scott. They're just doing a little bit less specificity. So that's one of my takeaways watching this. They can stay power all day. I actually did a little bit of this on the reinforced running podcast. I won't step on it too much, but I think it's more of a strength thing. I think the top five women are probably the strongest raw strength athletes. Okay. And of course they're doing a lot of uh, volume with that, but I think the pure strength that the women have at the top it, it is making a big difference in terms of the amount of volume that, that they can then handle. Mm-hmm. If we just did like straight up a powerlifting meet, I think the results might be, uh, let me see again. No, you're right on that. <clears throat> yeah. So I think I think the strength part is what's layering their base to then be able to put in this crazy amount of volume to make the strength endurance count. On the men's side, I think the strength demands, or I think the strength numbers are pretty are more even across you know the thirty to fifty guys, and then it becomes more of a um, muscle endurance equation for everybody. Because if you look at the lunges yeah. and the top, wall balls, top seven women are better. They are better. We've yeah. had one man I, that I, I know of going top seven out. women. Top seven women, all of them were four flat or under on the wall balls. For the men, winner, 349, second, 356, third, 451, fourth, 430. Like, well, th- those guys also They're made plus yeah. faster. It's crazy. Well, we, we had, what, three or four go unbroken in one race? Has anyone other than Isaiah gone unbroken? Yeah. Maybe Hunter has at a point, but I don't think so. I don't think he did. And Isaiah did it on the first did. U.S. race ever. On his first attempt, and no mm-hmm. one's gotten better than that since. Yeah, this isn't a question of uh, is the ratio appropriate weight wise for men to women. Like we we've all we're all happy with the weights that the women are using. Like in Spartan racing, the men's tire was exponentially more ridiculous than the women's. It wasn't a it wasn't an even cut. We we don't hear this conversation come up very often in high rocks. That's not a factor here with these results, or is it? This seems to be a standard that's kind accepted. Of- yeah, 70% is usually the ratio that they use in uh, CrossFit for the men mm-hmm. versus women. 
Is that about right? Like, just, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, that seems about right. And 14 versus 20 is 70%. That's kind of mm-hmm. what you're stuck with. 66 to 70 is what you usually see. Yeah. Yeah. It could just be the athletes are a little bit more impressive on the, on the women's yeah. side. The, uh, the Rock's yeah. Life did a, an interesting article. Jack, did you catch this? Where they, he, they sent out a survey to the Elite 15, didn't get one, but it was asking for their like average numbers on everything. The, and the, the men's, Running and lifting numbers, unimpressive. I think yeah. like the mean three rep max for the men was back squat was like two sixty. No, like that. it was low. I'm telling right. you, no way. Yeah, that's what we this. can all do. That I could definitely do that. I don't, I don't think that I don't think that surprises me. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't know. Like here's that, cool. this is interesting because I feel underpowered for high rocks, and I am not a great squatter, but. You just in my rehab last year, I think I did 285 or 290 by three. Yeah. And I'm not a, I'm not someone who is, has a power advantage on any course. There's I think no it's a muscular, endu- I think it's a muscular endurance thing on the men's side. hundred percent. Huh? On the women's side. Like, and those are pretty big numbers, Bracken for your size. Yeah. Give me some Those are big credit. numbers. Maybe for six it. foot 185 at the time. Yeah. That's yeah. solid numbers. Yeah. I don't know. Um, your quads on, makes sense. I have no butt. Where, where that where that butt at? But uh, I don't think Meg's squat numbers. If you, if Meg's three rep, I think her one rep's closer. It's like two eighty something. So her three rep might be kind of close to where the the men are. The men just aren't that strong. Yeah, I guess the top women look like power athletes, and the guys really don't. What do you got going there? It's not me. It's stupid apartment building. Moving next week won't happen again. But something's going on next. Year. I went and banged on the do- on the wall. Didn't nice. work. Again, a real Philly. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't... Bands. Go birds. <laughs> I don't want to derail because we need to get to the men, obviously. But and this is going to be an unpopular take, and I'm sorry to all of you who commentated. So I guess Jack's the only one I don't have to apologize in advance to. But I, I didn't really enjoy watching the race, guys. What? And I'm, and I'm sorry. How dare I, you? It wasn't very exciting to me. It it really wasn't. And I'm not saying it can't be. But how do we? How is there anything that could be improved? It was more from the camera work and following who's where. And I still kept waiting for the rower to be done or waiting. I was like, oh, I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. I was hitting fast forward on my YouTube because I was bored. And and I'm sorry. I know it's going to hurt some feelings, but no, it's, it's how legit. I felt watching it. What what can be done to make it more engaging from a viewer's standpoint? Now, I know I haven't done a race that will change things. Um, You're right. Sure. But two am things I alone happen. here? No, two things happen. Right. First is that they do stationary stations and we don't know what they're doing. We talked about that one time on here already. Yeah. We need to be able to see us aboard with live what you're rowing, what you're skiing, how that's looking and your progress. We need to see a little boat moving or something so that we can see what's happening. And the second is we need drone and above above head footage. We need to be able to watch the runs happen rather than someone run up towards the camera and away, which is we all know trying to film our own workouts is the dumbest, worst view. Is you oh. set your camera on the track and you run up to it and you can't tell what's happening until 10 meters away and then you're past it. So it's a budget thing, but they need to have metrics the whole time and splits for everyone. And they need to have drone footage or crane operated footage. I loved watching the lunges and watching people surge and, and get past and move through space. And the burpee broad jumps were so telling and watching like Magita suffer through those was like a very 
noteworthy part of the race for me. Like I was like, Oh, I, I didn't fast forward through these times because I was engaged, but there were half the time in which I wasn't or the runs. You can't even tell who's flying by. Cause it's such a quick, it's in a slow. They're not very, the running doesn't look bad. Running looks shut. No, it looks very like, it looks like everybody's running seven minute pace and yeah. shuffling, which I know I isn't true. They fast. Oh. Did you, I didn't. I, so especially on the inside. Is there any answer to that or is there just not, I guess, because that's what where it lost me. No. Yeah. Not lost me, but I, I disengaged me and the wall balls, which should be the most compelling part of the race. I'm fast forwarding just to get to like something happening. Somebody coming off around, like it's not, um, maybe I'm the only one who thinks this, but I just wish there, if there's like, there's gotta be an angle in which can keep you more. I just don't I know think what that would need, be. You need data on the screen throughout the race just you were mm-hmm. sort of alluding to it but if you don't know like like rich how many times were was dylan chiming in with oh and 20 seconds ago we just got the splits on so and so but she's not even in the picture anymore like mm-hmm. if you don't have that live data you can't really talk about it i know that when yeah. um i was helping with the deca strong um in atlantic city for for the coverage with dave i was trying to go up to every single like machine and because super it's helpful. boring watching people row or ski but but i was i was like okay this he's doing 137 for the row and she's doing a 156 on the skier like that's the only way that you can make those longer static zones yeah. interesting so you can actually see it and it's just hard to do that with so many people and a, a hundred feet long section of of people on these different machines it's just really difficult to make those eight minutes of the race interesting and that's a good chunk of the race they at world championships, they tried setting up a lane surrounding the run and there was going to be someone on a bike biking and tracking the entire thing or on a Segway. And the cameras ended up not functioning with service around the whole thing. So they didn't do it, but that would have been, we were really excited about that. Then you see all of it, but did you guys watch the arena games ever? They were happening Sweden. in the off season. It's a, it's a triathlon thing. They do a swim in the pool and then on a spin bike and then uh, on a, yeah, on a true form treadmill. And then round two, they do it in reverse run, bike, swim. But two of the three stations are stationary, but they have the metrics up. They have a little tracker showing how far they've gone, what their current pace is and their cadence and their projected finish time. And you have it for each person. And then they're showing them running on a treadmill, but they have all their metrics up there on this on this board. And so I was doing all these workouts, just watching someone do that. And it was stimulating. But we don't have those metrics yet. So what Kirk said, you have to have metrics in front of you if you're not moving. Well, I don't know. And I don't, I, I hope we don't drag this conversation out because we've had this coverage conversation at nauseum about all sorts of events, but it just really stood out to me. Like the commentary was good. I didn't listen to you, Rich. I'm sure it was excellent, but like you guys were informative. You were always adding if there wasn't much to be engaged with visually, like the commentary it wasn't a commentary issue. It was simply like what my eyes were taking in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the best coverage they've had. Cameras were clear and all that, but yeah. budget takes it to the next level of visuals constantly because you can't track people sitting on a ski erg unless you know what they're doing i think Kyrox is investing in that type of coverage it'll be interesting to see if they will be able to pull the metrics i don't know if they would be but maybe the cameras can get in there a little bit closer but i think there was professional crew on site for this previous race 
and uh but people wanted to know what happened live so right, they were like right. rich do you want to cover it i was like totally they're like never mind bracket <laughs> ryan kent you guys in they're like definitely gonna ditch rich on this one you have a lot of reasons to be bitter right now <laughs> you really do they're stacking up bitter yeah. back at that covid championship when they ran on the assault runner yeah they had that big screen in front and they had heart rate on there and was My that son. it or did they have more? that was awesome that was awesome so what they it. yeah and they don't need a big production crew they need that screen centrally located with all of the machines being cast to that so you can film the machine and then you just have a camera on this board maybe the athletes can't even see it doesn't matter they don't need to see it the audience needs to see it so you don't need to have one for every station and you can't film all of them at once but have one stationary screen and it could even be in an adjacent room somewhere with a camera on it that just constantly shows it. When they did that, you're right. It was awesome. And it gives you such a visual representation of the work. If it was anything like indoor track was in college, like the, one of the biggest allures to high rocks is the energy of the space, the energy of the event, how it's so consuming in nature when you're in that building and the people and the athletes, that essence was missed, I think in this coverage a little bit. And I was hoping to see, and I think maybe the drone or just some understanding would have been really nice is all I'm It's the at. sound. They have to dull the arena yeah. sound to be able to hear us. Right, right. So I guess. What do you uh, do there? Yeah. Again, I'd rather watch it with great visuals and not hear a person talk. Sure. I still think you high need Rocks to look at. some explanation though. Yeah, you need to look at what CrossFit Games does because they have a lot of high volume static movements, um, whether it's rowing for a long time as a buy-in skier get you know just a, bu- a bunch of things where you're not moving and they still have a ticker at the top that'll show you know minus 100 meters or whatever you know and and those battles are intriguing because you're always you're seeing the people do the stuff and then your eyes glance up for two seconds to check the scoreboard and then you look down they're showing someone else and you're like oh my god that person moved up three spaces they must have put in like a little bit of a search and you can make it captivating you just need a, a live leaderboard to actually mm-hmm. show mm-hmm split data on that or even i know that they have the counter for the wall balls did you actually know how many wall balls lauren was doing unless you were counting it or do they have a display where it's like you know a ticker every single one of them like a you know you're just you're clicking everyone and then it would it would have a a live counter for you something like that would make it a lot more intriguing just to watch and they do a really good job during the games and just like the volume of the event like kirk did you enjoy watching decafit take Take me out of it. Would you think you would have been a better? You think I was way. I was that? much more engaged with Decafit than I was with this race as a as a viewer. Yep. Because of the just the duration. Of because of the quick. At least at least I wasn't. Yeah, it was just quicker transitions from one thing to the next, so it was more engaging. And I can tolerate the rower for X amount of time comparatively. So it was. Yeah, I would say that would be Decafit. Not dumb. The, no, it was more engaging, and I thought the coverage was better. Yeah, this is a really good Kirk's. Yeah, Kirk, you're you're making good points though, because you've never done a high rocks, you've never been in the arena, so you don't have that bias over like what it's like. We all three of us, or the rest of us, we know what it's like going in there. It's pretty electric when like everyone starts I can tell. at certain stations and stuff. But if that wasn't captured, that, that yeah, it's obvious on the live broadcast. And if if you're someone who's already sort of in this space, but you've never run this, and you wouldn't even want to do, watch this, then that's just showing the format's got to change. I wanted to watch it. I just the, wish it the broadcast could have been... format, not not the yeah. Right. In hindsight, I just fast forwarded through the boring part, so I like watched half of it. That was fine. <laughs> yeah. I really 
really wish that there was a way to constantly see those reps. But I think one of the, the ways that it's most impactful of the race is the wall balls because it makes for the worst commentating situation possible when the the end is all of a sudden two seconds away. <laughs> oh. you, you can't really hear them oh. counting. You can't hear the crowd like crescendo. You just see a wall ball, a wall ball. Suddenly the wall ball is on the ground and you have two seconds before they cross the line to build in. And, you know, it, there's no buildup in the announcing and in the event. And simply a ticker would be great above every wall ball station. Even the, 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 uh, uh, just a tablet being held facing the crowd. Just click, click, click on your phone yeah. and it just shows up on there what number you're on because they've tried that. They tried a weird system where they had, they had a ticker in hand that affected the, the board underneath the wall ball target. Yeah. And, and it, it never worked. Work. <laughs> yeah. It just but is like every single person idea. in their gym. And in their box has an app that just <laughs> counts reps and displays really well on tablets or phones. It'd be really yeah. easy to do. So it, but it's just really hard when that, that, that have, and like, it happens with no, no announcing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the boards where you can say, or you Jack could have one of those up. like calendar pages. Yeah. Or on every 10, 10 reps. Yeah. 10, 10, 20, 30. 30. Yeah. Which they used to yep. do. Maybe they will do that in a championship race. I'm not sure. They used to hold up by tens. Ooh, this was a championship race. Yeah. Jack, what was your take uh, on Ida? And apparently you're right on the Steens on the way the A is pronounced. But I think Thomas Peterson, he's a, a Dane as well as a, a maybe he's a yeah. Patreon member. If not, he should be. He's won a, he's won a contest, I thought. Without, oh, maybe. Without the D. Steens Gore. Steens Gore. Steens like, Gore. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very abbreviated. I what really take on her? The, uh, the pronunciation. Yeah. Go like ahead. on Google. <clears throat> no, no, no. Uh, th- this guy, Martin Beckstrom from Sweden. Um, he oh, right. basically before OCR world sent me a voice message of like 10 names where I'm like, help me out. Uh, so I re-listened to that. I had to Google Maastricht in your brain. How do you say it? Yeah. Maastricht. Maastricht. It's really like Maastricht, but Maastricht, yeah. not Maastricht. No, it's Maastricht. <laughs> Bro, which ostrich. I thought it was, but Maastricht, Maastricht, makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Ida just didn't have a good race, admittedly. So, like her total runtime was thirty-two twenty-four, which is over. Or, uh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, but she had a good. Run she had like a pretty solid runtime. Uh, I was looking at the men's one. Yeah, yeah. Um, she had a pretty solid, second to, second solid run last. time last time, but this one was just. Yeah, this this one was several minutes slower. Um, well, then it was wrong uh, live. See, like day of, it was fast. I even talked made, about yeah. it on the stream how fast it was. <laughs> awesome. It yeah, because it's reporting it like four fifty seven, I mean four forty nine, five eleven. That just doesn't make for her. Um, but that's what the that's what the splits are showing. Seems like um, an outlier. Yeah, I mean, like the, like I wouldn't imagine she would go from sixty five really. Into- yeah. 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 It it was more dramatic than Tiago with the high seed. She wasn't the number one seed, but she had a, a solid seed heading in there. Um and wasn't too far back from Michaela, who clearly delivered as well. But yeah, I think it was her time was about two Michaela's oh, time was yeah. about two minutes slower. So it was there that, yeah. that was probably yeah. fast course, but, but not like a seven was, minute. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the you know the 
top five, top six are the best high rocks athletes. And that's just kind of how it shook out. And Ida just didn't, she's not on that level. I guess that's what it revealed at the moment for high rocks. Well, didn't the whole field get strung out? A lot of them got strung out a little faster than they wanted. And isn't high rock in the beginning and a high rocks is the case, just like a big mountain race. When you crack, you crack. Mm-hmm. And what you don't know how big that hole is where you're bleeding out of. And it's typically it's gushing, right? And so when it happens, you don't really know what somebody's capable of when they implode like that. It's just like when it happens in the mountains, it's like minutes are lost, not seconds, right? And it's yeah. a case of that yeah. in the style of race. I believe fast sleds set people up for doom in big crowds. Yeah. If you're the only one at a venue where <laughs> there's only two guys or girls that are good. And I'm not good, but high level, you work the sled at your rate and it's fast. When you get into this crowd and everyone's fast, you just work harder and you get off quicker and you're still just as trash, but for a different reason. I think we saw that with Dave. I think we saw that with Ida. People that came in a little behind and saw how fast the subs were working, Mm -hmm. they had to get to work and it didn't matter that it was lighter. You still burned yourself out. That's where an American athlete may be in a bit of a disadvantage going to Europe is that the way that they can train their sleds the way versus the way we train here, they can train it to push at 25 meters unbroken. That's going to blow your legs up. So they have like a bit more resilience in terms of the muscular endurance piece mm-hmm. over here. You have to be actually strong to move that sled. So you can, you can't push it for very, very long. So in training, that's kind of how things are directed here. So like you said, in, in Megita's sense, like that's kind of, he mentioned something like that when blew himself up on the sleds, did it in two minutes, but just wasn't prepped for that yeah. type of feeling. I or think for that would be. Be what? Soft? I think bitch. he'd be good over there using that torque tank. Because mm-hmm. the thing about the tank is once you get it moving, and that's the how he that's how he does it. He just moves it and blows his legs out. Mm-hmm. Whereas you and Megita put 900, 1,000 pounds on it and move it five steps and rest, five steps and rest. He's doing the endless walking to burn his legs out approach. So I think he would translate well to an overseas course. And I think that's what a lot of the uh, U.S.-based athletes are going to have to do for for worlds. Uh, for worlds. Yeah. Yes. Or if I'm going to go to Barcelona, which I'm still on the, I'm still thinking, I'm on team bracket on this one. I think you other guys, Rich, you're going to go there and you're going to see fast times ripping over here in the U.S. and you're going to kick yourself in the back of the head for making a dumb decision. That's going to be the worst case scenario. You're going to go gonna 58 happen. in Houston. If I was to kick myself in the back of the head, would it go forward (laughs) to the back or go like hip between your own legs? Face plant, scorpion, scorpion to the back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ways we can make this happen, but all involve breaking your spine. Okay. So, yeah. Rich, I do have a question for you. How would you have done? Uh, I think I would have gotten, I think it would have been around Tobias, maybe a little bit behind Tobias. I think it would have been like sixth or so. So you think that realistically. 58 and change is, is where you're at, which is why you think you'd probably run that. Yeah, is that what he finished in? I thought he was. I don't think so. Oh. Did you catch the shade uh, Donnie threw online? No. Read it. First comment I know for on it. the post about High Rocks European Championships. Amazing performances by the American women. Too bad none of the top American men competed. <laughs> is that shade? Who's that? Is it at, at, at Megida? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the whole Donahue Megida Spartan commentators. Oh, it spilled over into High Rock. Don't oh, they have great. each other's back? I thought they had each other's back. Apparently not. Maybe, Maybe that was a, a, is, is it a frenemy, a frenemy situation? 
That back has a knife handle in it right now. <laughs> none like of the that. top American men competed. That either means none of them went or one went and he didn't compete. What was our, uh, what was our takeaway on the men's side? They're really good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, we, they're legit. The top yeah. four or five are very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are very good. I'm just surprised I mean, how the stature of the, of the gentleman up front like I don't know why, but I don't pick that body type. Like long, kind of gallopy, kind of from my from what it saw I saw, and maybe it doesn't look like that in person. But I picture higher cadence, uh, more Rich Ryan style, even Kemba. These were like kind of big dudes moving mass through, like tall mass through space. And I know that's advantage on the ergs, and I know that it makes up somewhere else. But just watching how they moved through space, I didn't anticipate watching the winners move like they moved. I mean, that might be a weird takeaway, but that's what I noticed. I was like, that don't, you don't strike me as a guy who looks like he would win this event the way he's moving, but yet they continually gap the field. Bracken, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Ronkovic's uh, steps per minute count is? on his <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like galloping. Yeah, it's I like talked little. about it. I said, that's the kind of thing that if you break down at all, you get really slow quick. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't. He ran a great race, and he was outrunning Sandbach on a couple of those. They they seem to kind of were playing cat and mouse a little bit on the runs. Yeah, yeah, but uh, well, it, it seems like out. on the women's side, you look at them, and I agree with you. I think Rich, you said this on the women. It looked like they were going so fast. Like the women looked like they were cruising. It was high turnover, knee drive, proper form, like run mechanics. And then you looked at the top men. I was like, that's a CrossFitter going for a run. <laughs> like that's how it just felt. So it was very big contrast. Do you want, Maybe do you they look so slow. Because of their stride length and slow cadence, but yeah, was crazy, Jeff. But you want to know what is crazy? Alex thirty-one thirty-six, Tim thirty-one thirty-five, Michael thirty-one thirty-seven. So they're two seconds Fast. apart for the top three on their run, and none of them really look alike. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Tim's kind of loping too. That's really. what I thought. He 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 looks like he would be a runner, but based off of his yeah. build, mm-hmm. based off of the way that he runs. I don't think he's he a small CrossFitter, not a buff runner. Kind of, yeah. 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 And, and yet that- you look at our running form, like Ryan Kent doesn't have a prototypical stride. Hunter is a very up and down mechanical runner. Uh, Dylan Lopes. Lopes, for sure. You are a, you're a vertical high cadence runner. We all have different forms over here as well. Hmm. My note probably added no value to the conversation, but it stuck out to me. Like, I, I don't, that's not really a takeaway. It's just like, uh huh. That's interesting. No, I so, saw it on the broadcast also. You did? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't think Tobias looked good from the start. Mm-hmm. It seemed no. like he generally runs conservative, but even when he was running conservative, I was like, ah, it just doesn't seem to, he didn't look the way that he typically looks. He just truly might yeah. be a long hauler. Like, we knew he was a long hauler. He got rocked by COVID, rocked. Took him months to get back to training, but he might not be right. Huh? Like he, if he's just 5% worse cardiovascularly, that's what it looks like. Maybe that's what being 5% off your game looks like at a championship. It looks like I'm fighting for fourth or fifth rather than being the champ. And usually we would see him work his way into the front. Like Mm -hmm. Charles Barkley. Seamlessly. Like Charles Barkley. What about Charles Barkley? Like in space jam. What do you mean? Yeah. In in space. Compared to Carl Malone. Yeah. He, he lost his talent. No, he lost his <laughs> talent. Remember, the aliens took it from him. Never mind. Someone will get it. 
I would have gone with Sean Bradley yeah. then since Tobias is the tallest in the field. Muggsy Bogues. That's not him. Who would be the Muggsy okay. Bogues? Everyone's yeah. like the same. Everyone's like the same size. Everyone's like five. Vinish would one. probably be. He's not the taller than you think. Was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Space Jam? No. Uh, not as a player. Too bad. Kirk has clearly <laughs> never seen the movie. I have, but it's been a couple of The decades. soundtrack was my first hip-hop album that I owned. Oh, man. I could probably tell you the track list, top to bottom. The Monstars Anthem, I could sing every Monstars word. Anthem. I'd still walk out to that. <laughs> Definitely. It's not on Spotify for some reason. I don't know why. And I, I couldn't afford it. I check over and over. <laughs> what was that comment Jack made to Kirk one time that was a mega diss? Like, Rich and Bracken, you'll know about this basketball. Kirk, you're so stupid. You have oh, no yeah, idea. Yeah. There's <laughs> it, it some football analogy, I think. But yeah, I think it was. I'm not basketball. that far removed. I'm just. You guys are yeah. as or more immersed than the common man is, right? If you average out the United States of America, you're on, you're on the deep end, and I'm right in the middle at sit sit standing like five six feet of water. A casual, uh, depending on the sport. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those four dudes on the men's side. And then it, it was uh, Florian Gass I was actually impressed with. He w- he mm-hmm. was qualified yeah. through on the Frankfurt course. He stuck his nose in it to beat Tom, to beat Jeffrey Voison, who are who were part of the 15 last year. And then after Megita kind of drops into what we would expect. Like, uh, and David. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, David too. Yeah, I would say David didn't didn't perform to the expectations uh, that, that we had set anyway. Those time gaps were tight though. Like Magita, Magita runs 30 seconds faster. And instead of taking whatever ninth, he takes sixth, right? Like it was very tight. We thought he should have run like a minute and a half faster though. Yeah. But it was tight. Point being, how many people ran 60 and change? Like four. Yeah. He's 47 seconds outside of fifth. Yeah. I thought it was tight. Tighter than you see some races. Dave's turning into a bit of a boomer bust high rocks athlete. Mm -hmm. He he's, He's capable of when he puts it together, he puts it together. And he he seems to be the type that responds well to front running. Mm-hmm. If he gets if he gets that bone in his mouth, like he's running with it. But on the days he can't make his way up through the field, things go wrong. And maybe he would say that things went wrong, so I couldn't make my way up through the field. Um, it, it almost doesn't matter at this point which one it is. It's like if you catch him on a good day, he's a world beater. And if you catch him on a bad day, he's he he'll slide lower than most people will slide. That's an issue I dealt with for. I think David got caught up a little bit college for sure, and then after like not winning, it, it was hard for me to deal with. Yeah. Um, so it, I'm a boomer bust athlete. I get it. I'm not. I'm not yeah. trashing him. It's just an interesting that many of these people don't have the the ceiling he has. For and maybe sure. that makes his his lower races look lower, but he has the ceiling to run 58s, and that's that's rare. Like looking at that Rock's Life article, uh, it, I think the three – I pulled up real fast, and I, I canceled it out again. But it was like the three rep max, max squat was 265, was 330 for deadlift, and the mean 5K was like 1630. Megita is above all those weight numbers by like a lot mm-hmm. and below that 5K number. By a lot. By a lot. Mod. He, but he has good deadlift. Three thirty for three rep. That's a little bit more, I guess, where I thought it would be. I still have to smack that. That's light. But he's he's good. the ultimate uh, example of, like you said, he can output every one of those powers, but that muscular work rate endurance, the Dylan Scott thing, is probably Dave's lowest piece. He's good at it, but he's better at the other components than he is that one piece. 
When I step back and look at this race, like Alex and Michael, Tim, I guess, might be an exception. But I was trying to think, like, what did they knock out of the park and what what didn't they? Meaning it just felt like one perfect rate of work to me. It wasn't like, wow, this was his strength here. It was just like you took a workhorse who utilized his engine appropriately, didn't mismanage effort. And it was like, there wasn't one thing that stood out to me. I can't be like, oh yeah, well, obviously Alex got to the sleds and that's only reason he won the race. Well, that wasn't true. I can't think of anything. It was just like, they're really good at managing their effort. They're really good at in and out. And they're really good at getting back to work. And not one thing stood out to me, about any of those athletes, other than what Tim charged late, I guess, in a sense, uh, only, or Michael faded that hard Mike, Mike. I, I, either way. So I just, it was just like more of like energy Michael management, Fader. good execution. And it's just a workhorse. Like there wasn't one special talent any of these people had other than managing the race. That's how it appeared from my well, perspective. Alex, Alex broke 24 on his total workout zones combined. That is so fast. Like if you if you add up the mm. individual eight pieces. Fast sleds. But you're right. Like his row, including including strapping in 346. So he probably did like a 145 pace 146 pace for that's, that's not fast. like outstanding his skier well the, i felt like the skier they they were all meant business right away and the sleds of course were a little bit fast it seemed like just based on other splits but yet like 156 in the farmer's carries 309 on the lunges 349 for the wall balls those are like right around what you'd expect someone to to do if they're going to win a race and 31 36 isn't that crazy for an 8k so yeah he just just great pacing and just never fell apart it's energy management understanding your body how it responds to the workload and then going out and executing it's the ultimate jack of all trades when you look at all the modalities and just seems like that rose to the top and now we didn't have good eyes on people in the middle of the field or further back right the focus is on the front so maybe you could say that about anybody right but Mm -hmm. it just stood out to me more than more than the women's race in this case I'm impressed with the machines in this sport right now. Mm-hmm. The skis have gotten really strong. Uh, the out, people who used to be kind of freak on the skis, the outliers are what most people are at the top end are doing now. And that's, that's impressive. And that's where there's, that's where there's opportunity. When, when we look at what human athletes are capable of, it's way more than what we're doing on this, on the ski and on the row and on the run. Right. So I think that should be a major focus for anybody going into these sports, like get awesome at the machines and get really good at running, deal with all the other stuff because it can't get that much faster. It just can't blow you up. You have to be bulletproof on them, but yeah, you're not getting, you're not going to gain 30 seconds on one, but no, a good skier can ski at 125, 130 comfortably for sure. And we're not that ain't comfortable. That ain't comfortable for most. So there's three dudes, yeah, Alex, stuff. Tim, yep. and uh, Sandbatch. Michael. They're they're coming over. Yep. Jonathan Wynn's coming over, finishing ninth. And then I maybe Patrick Grew. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe Elte Hoopkis, who finished last. He's going to come over because I don't know why. Just to run another race? Can you just do that at home? Stay home. I'll tell you what, though, to jump in real quick, is, you know, I put a lot of pressure on Megiddo unknowingly saying – you know, I feel like North Americans' credibility uh, is on his back. And um, and we didn't necessarily see the performance we wanted out of him. He did show, I mean, early on, he inserted himself in the race. 
But the fact that the top three from the Euro champs are coming over now, and at least we got a guy like Kent and Dylan, and uh, unfortunately not you, Rich, but to get a crack now, now that we see, saw that result compared to, let's say, our one North American athlete, it's just really good. I'm glad the top three are coming over. It's going to make the show really well worth watching. And being able right? to see Meg and Lauren. Correct. Again. again is actually kind of cool. Yep. <laughs> right. Uh, so from a spectator perspective, it's actually not terrible. Well, it's it's a good it. series of open championships. Yes. Or which invitationals. Is, yeah. It's a great series of races. It's like, I don't know. Diamond League. Diamond League. Yeah. yeah. Which is what we all want. Which is what we want. Which is what yeah. it should be. But look at that. It's just hung up on the labels. The world. They really did should have just labeled it different and not given the like they need the automatic qualifiers. So they need to have some sort of championship to get you into it. But it can't be at the same time. Just whatever. A last, heat, B heat. Yeah. Last last Easy episode, peasy. we talked about different solutions for four hours. Yeah. A long <laughs> time. A long time. Hyrax HQ just needs to listen to this episode and last one. I think, they listen to, I think they listened to last one and now they're mad at me and now I'm out. I'm way out. Right, you know, question. though, we think we're so good at this, right? That we made a podcast for it. But after we created our ideal race, everybody was just hating on our ideas. Like, it was like, that's race. dumb. This is dumb. Barbells don't belong. Too much time on. It's like, oh, like, what do we know? Clearly nothing. I'm going to do People that workout. And it's going to be hate. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Anyways, just saying, what do we know? So I, I just have one short question. It should be short. If you were to open this up a second wave, would you prefer to have A heat and B heat or snake seed both and you race for time and it decides it? What's better for the sport? I think you just need A heat, B heat. A, B. Can you score out of the B heat or is it a different competition? Can you score out of it? Can you get? uh, Yes. Yes. Yeah. So B heat has to go first. B heat has to go first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I concur. One time, I think we went second at Behe. It was my freshman year at A10s, and they ran terribly slow in the first 1500. I looked at the guys on the line. I was like, let's go get it. It was like like really slow, like 359 or something like that for 1500. And I was like, let's do it. And I was like, oh, I'll take it out. And I took it out and then died really bad and didn't score, so it didn't matter. <laughs> but it's an example. Yeah. Same thing happened to me at Nationals my freshman year. Same deal. And I won the mile on an invitational down in Oshkosh in the slow heat. It felt even better that way. Nice. I ran all alone. Do you think? It happened, yeah. All right. So I think we should wrap this up. Kirk, what's your hunger level? I was just going to say, let's let's roll, fellas. I'm hungry. And you know what I'm doing right now? Go downstairs in the basement, and I'm going to work on that squat and deadlift average. Raise it up up. for the team. Get that up. What's your three-rep deadlift? Because your deadlift is behind your squat, I think. Your your squat's a little bit better than your dead, right? Uh, I've I've never gone after it. I did three rep. All of mine, I mean, squatting is is un, unsupported. I don't have a spotter ever, so it's always kind of like Just dump that shit, dump it in the basement. I'll break stuff if put I put some it. holes in the yeah. Put some holes in the anyway. Floor. I was two eighty five or two ninety four squat. I was two forty five for bench at the time. I couldn't do that right now for one or for three. Three, three. and that is the t- that's my strongest lift. And I was, I don't know, because I was hernia at the time Mm. when I was testing. So I was probably like 255 for deadlift. Right. Right. 
Uh, that was that was belted up, hernia strapped. <laughs> <laughs> and then pull ups was I want to say sixty five or seventy pounds, full extension, uh, wide rep? grip, yeah. wide grip pull up. Okay, okay. Seems That's another weak one for me. On Neutral arms. grip or chin up, I feel decent at, but but pull up wide grip is weak for me. What do we got on the running public this week? We got uh, the power of prescribed recovery, which doesn't like mean drugs? resting. It means no. Oh, uh, prescribed, prescribed recovery effort or pacing on quality <laughs> sessions. So instead of just doing your twelve by four hundred and resting. Let's let's turn the script and let's actually have an active, purposeful recovery floats, as you could call it. So we talk about float style workouts and why they're important, why nice. they're so beneficial. Did you have an interview last week? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Diane Miller, one of my uh, a- athletes. We we discussed being in the back of the pack. It was a good conversation. We oh, got right. DJ DJ Fox coming up this Friday. Nice. Yep. People what about you? I was just doing short form training stuff just talked about observations from high rocks talked about the what i see on the strength side for the women and talking about some different workouts to uh to simulate the sled a little bit more i think the skier directly into a sled is like a really good way to simulate the feeling of a race as opposed to like run in between the two <clears throat> just some just some thoughts yeah I'm, I'm going short you guys take care of the interviews mbd takes care of the interviews I'm not scheduling people anymore. I'm just talking on the microphone. People wow. like that. We broke you. 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take the freaking stupid interviews. I don't want to do them anymore. What episode are you on? Ah, see, that's what I could do. I could, I could make a charge for you. I could do three a week, 20 yeah. minutes, 20 minute episodes. I could just start banging at them. Yeah. 267. Are you over? Did you guys make it? 304. Wow. What happens at 300? Yeah. Does anybody can just make a gross post about each other on social media and then move mm, on? I did notice yeah, that. I love nothing, it too. There's like, no, nothing like changes. <laughs> no, because we've been doing this for a long time. We do oh. a thousand. We'll celebrate, Rich. Then well, a million downloads. We're going to do something big for that. Yeah, then, it, then, it expo- then it doubles ex- exponentially. Not 67. At a million. All right. So as we got going on, yeah. again, this was an accidental. I, I'm going to uh, be on live um, Jack, you got something to plug? Yeah, I'm going to be on Matt's podcast. Yeah, no, Matt, Matt and I are going to be discussing with the book of OCR, Brack, and I know that you had an episode with him. or I, Yeah, him, I gave in and did one. But Matt and you I are going to be fight. talking about. You didn't fight? Yeah, Matt and I you are going to be talking the competitive side of. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're talking the competitive side of Tough Mudder. So TMX, their tougher series, uh, maybe some WTM. So we'll, we'll be talking Make sure about to mention the 2018 Midwest champ of Tougher Mudder. You. That's me. Was it uh, was Michael Bailey? Was he with you? Yeah, he gave me a hell of a run. That was that was leaderboard days. Yeah. I think I was on leaderboard then. Oh, yeah. No one yeah, probably we were bringing home he hardware. He yeah, well, there was some we should, we should run it back. You should bring, bring back leaderboard. Yeah, I was cleaning out under... Uh, under our bed the other day we have drawers under the bed and the one behind opens into the nightstand so you can't get it open so it's just like all the stuff you don't need ever is in there and i i moved the nightstand and i looked through it and i found an old leaderboard mud gear racing top hmm throw it on i didn't know what to do with it throw it on give it it away do a ceremonial like 
put it in a little paper boat and shoot an arrow into it. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, are you going to go to High Rock Chicago, Bracken? Yeah. Are you going to compete in any capacity? I'm just going to be Rich Ryan. I'm going to be drunk Talk and angry. Talking yeah. shit. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I got What are you doing here? I'm bringing a bullhorn. Oh man, it's going to be good. I'm definitely counting Meg's laps. No rap. That's no rap. Absolute no rap. Oh, what are you doing? Uh, Kirk, are you in? We might have to do this thing. I think we're going to have to have a real conversation about it. We really have to entertain it. You don't seem that enthused. You're like 75%. Well, it's mostly because I got travel coming up. And so like Mm. make an extra weekend trip when I'm maybe racing some other things before I leave. I'm not going to say then, you know, so we'll see. Fine. Just double. MBD is going to be there. You can Honestly, my heart hurts because together. you said if we race together, you don't give a shit about it. What? We're still, like, going for the, we're still going for the win. How dare You're you? Like I don't care <laughs> even a little. And I was like, well, then I don't really care. Well, I'm going br- to bring it. If you can make convince me that you actually give a shit about how we do, oh, we're we'll going. I'm not going there to get second. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk. Yeah. You you better go in if you do this, Kirk. Like every every third day from here on out, just trash yourself high rock style. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, just I go crash course. Hammer yeah, that yeah. assault bike. Do some intervals practice on off of that thing. Lying on the floor like Bracken. You know. Yeah, I got to practice the dramatic finish for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't practice lying on the ground. <laughs> you either handle the delta variant like a boss, or you don't. <laughs> well, well, I didn't. <laughs> Opt- optimal recovery post row. Uh, horizontal. I wish they had done my zone that day and people could have watched me <laughs> on that screen. Like <laughs> the whole race goes out first thousand meters, like 155, 155, 155. Get off the skier, get runs at like 175. I'm hitting 192. <laughs> my oxygen, my oxygen rate is like, is like 92. All right. We dragged on long enough. This was an, an accidental live episode. Thanks for everybody. I didn't check the comments one bit. I was engaged with the homies, but uh, we'll be back next week talking about stuff. See you, fellas. See ya. All right.